Paul Mosley were found guilty of manslaughter after starting the blaze back in May last year. Here and after electing separate police and crime commissioners to oversee the police forces across beds, hearts and bucks, they've now set their own agendas and they've finally published their plans which show what their priorities are. Here there's a new health watchdog for Luton. Health Watch will listen to the views of local people and use them to influence policy. Now after a bidding process it was decided the Luton Irish Forum would take on the role. Lisa Mohammed is the Luton project manager. He's been outlining the aims of the organisation. It's really about giving local consumers an opportunity to actually interact and engage with an independent community organisation that is based in their setting. So actually based in the local community, actually creating and organised by local people. People are angry that not enough is being done to clean the dog mess around Prince's Risborough. One resident was so angered by the problem around the town they graffitied clean up your dog poo on the pavement where Berryfield Road joins the avenue. The health and safety executives accused officials of using bogus safety laws in order to cover up bad customer service or to prevent them from being sued. In the first annual report of its kind, it found 150 cases of businesses and public bodies using non-existent rules. The HSC said examples included a ban on anyone blowing bubbles at a child's birthday party and a restaurant which refused to give a toothpick to a 42-year-old. Now in the championship, third place Watford won 1-0 at Hull, who was second placed. Troy Deeney scored the winner for Gianfranco Zola's side. Here come Watford again, Deeney, lovely turn and shot and in! That's an excellent finish from Troy Deeney for Watford, brilliantly taken. And it is Watford who've broken first here, it's Hull nil, Watford won. Weather now then, a few bright spells around but mainly overcast, feeling cold as well, temperatures a little bit less than yesterday, 6 degrees Celsius. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties, BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. You don't fancy filling for another 15 minutes, you Serena, could you do that? Yeah, of course I can, I okay. talk nonsense. Away you go. Time. Right then, so what have we got coming up now? We've got more about our top do, do story. You know I'll, I'll step in, shall I? <laughs> Thank you anyway. That was unfair of me to put her on the spot like that. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'd love to tell you what's coming up on the show, except my computer's playing up. It's decided that I need to have my hard drive scanned. Thanks, guys. Well, uh, up until about two minutes ago, it was stuck on 10%. We're up at 43% now, so fingers crossed, by the end of the show, I'll have a working computer. I do know that we're talking missed hospital appointments. They cost beds, bucks and hearts, NHS, £20 million. Have you missed a hospital appointment? We're also talking dog poo. I know, glamorous, isn't it? And have you seen the front page of the Sun newspaper? It's about a horrible, horrible story. But they've put a swear word on the front page. Now... I'm not particularly offended by language, but I've got two young lads. And, and while they're, you know, the youngest is three, and he can, he read the word start the other day. It's a five-letter word. He won't be able to read this word, but we all looked at the front page of The Sun, and it's, you know, it's talking about a reprehensible character. But we thought, do we really want swear words on the front page of the newspapers? Is that appropriate? It's the B word. Of the worst, but it's still quite strong. Does that offend you, or am I just being an old prude? 
08459 455 555. You can go to the Facebook page as well. We're going to put um, the, the Sun front page with the word blurred out for those sensitive souls amongst you on the Facebook page. And you can have your say. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Give me a call. 08459 455 555. And if you know how to stop... Oh, hang on. 99% complete. Windows has finished checking your disk. Please wait while your computer restarts. We could be onto something here, baby. BBC Three Counties Radio. Your licence fee is paying for this uh, computer, by the way. I think you should pay a bit more and get me a decent computer. <laughs> I think your licence fee should be... Well, if you paid, what, another 25 quid each a year, they could afford me a decent computer in the studio. Now, there may have been times in the past where you've forgotten to cancel a hospital appointment. Or maybe you couldn't make it just because, you know, something came up. There was something good on the telly or you had to go to the shops or something. Well, people who missed their appointments in the three counties last year have cost the NHS over £20 million. Almost 240,000 appointments were missed in just one year. 240,000. Just under a quarter of a million. It's estimated each one costs the NHS around £100. Well, Luton has nearly doubled the average of missed outpatient appointments compared to other primary care trusts in the three counties. The figures have come from the Department of Health. Well, Jonathan Isabey is from the Taxpayers Alliance. Morning, Jonathan. Good morning, Ian. Jonathan, why do you think so many people continue to miss their appointments? Well, it's hard to say, isn't it? There's all kinds of reasons why people may be missing these appointments. I think if somebody is consistently and repeatedly uh, missing appointments, I think there, there is arguably a case for making some kind of financial imposition on them because, you know, clearly by missing an appointment, they are causing disruption uh, and, and, and a waste of money, effectively, because, you know, time is money for the people involved uh, in uh, at the hospital. I need um, to put, Jonathan, I need to put my cards on the table here because I don't want to get busted in some Daily Mail Ofcom sting. About three months ago... I missed a hospital appointment. It was booked by mistake without my knowledge. I got a letter saying you didn't turn up for your appointment. It was like, oh, I didn't know there was an appointment. I would happily pay something towards missing that appointment. Do you not think that if you miss one appointment, you should contribute? I think it, dep- you know, it clearly depends what the reason is. You, you've got, um, you know, potentially if you've got uh, parents with a young child, if, you know, children uh, and babies, I know myself, I've got one, uh, do not necessarily uh, allow you to run your life to clockwork. But what I would say is I think it's really important uh, that, that the hospitals uh, make it as you know, easy as possible for, for the patient. So, you know, they, they ought to send a, a text or an email reminder ah. about an appointment so th- there's no way that you can't say you didn't remember it was happening. Uh, I also think it's incumbent upon the NHS to uh, put, allow appointments to take place um, at times that are convenient mm. for the patient. You know, far too often, both at GP surgeries in particular, oh, the yes. hospitals too, you know, you, can, you can't be ill at a weekend. Uh, <laughs> or, you, or you have or, to know you're going to be ill... Evening. You have to know you're going to be ill in two weeks' time as well. Exactly, exactly. I think there needs to be far more flexibility in terms of when you book the appointments uh, in, the, in the first place. Uh, but I'd say, I think, you know, if, if, if an email reminder is or a text reminder is sent to, to remind people it's happening that work that will be helpful uh and and would minimize the the possibility for the appointment being missed in the first place if i don't turn up for my dentist appointment i still have to pay for it the, the, the nhs could learn something from the private sector in that respect couldn't it 
I think there are lots of things that the NHS could learn from the private sector, absolutely. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm saying I think it would be unfair to uh, automatically uh, find someone, you know, regardless mm. uh, of, of the circumstances. If somebody's doing this on a, on a regular or repeated basis, then absolutely I think there's a case for, for you know, giving them a, a fine or some kind of imposition because, you know, that, that really is unfair. But I think, um, you know, for, for a first offence, it's arguably um, would be a bit extreme. Jonathan, when was the last time you missed a, a doctor's or hospital appointment? We've all done it. I, haven't I don't we? think I have, actually. Really? Um... I'm pretty sure I haven't actually. Okay, well we're we're gonna we're gonna send Justin Dealey to investigate your life for the last six years and find out. Jonathan, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Jonathan Isabee from the Taxpayers Alliance. We've all done it, haven't we? I did it recently, as I say, I missed a hospital appointment. It it been booked without my knowledge. And um we got got a letter saying you've not been. And I phoned up and said I didn't know about it. I would have paid a few quid towards it. I, listen, I don't like it. It does annoy me when people miss these appointments because it, it, it takes a long time to book them up. 08459 455 555. When did you last miss a hospital or a doctor appointment? Should people be fined for missing their appointments? I wholeheartedly say yes. Yeah, of course they should. I'm not saying they should pay the full £100, but they should certainly contribute towards it. You're wasting doctors' times. You're wasting other patients' time who could do with that appointment. 08459 455 555. Should you be fine if you miss a hospital appointment? I tried to sign on at my local doctor's yesterday and I filled, I'd filled in the form and everything. I need a little repeat prescription. Oh, yeah, a little bit of a recurring problem. I said, oh, can I make an appointment? Well, yes, you, you can. And I've made an appointment for three weeks' time. Thanks, guys. And I, she said, oh, you need proof of uh, address to register. So, OK, I've got my driving licence here with my new address on. No, we can't accept that. I said, well, you, sorry, you can't accept a driving licence that's photographic ID with my address. And the lady behind the counter said, no, they're too easy to forge. I said, what would you like from me? A utility bill. I could forge a utility bill. I've got a computer and some paper. I could forge a utility bill easier than I could uh, could forge a driving licence. Are you serious? She went, yeah, yeah, driving licence. How on earth would you forge a driving licence, for goodness sakes? I dealt with the situation a little bit calmer. 08459 455 555. Should you be fined if you miss a hospital or doctor's appointment?
song, isn't it? It's a bit dirty at the end. Take me, baby. Love me, baby. Steady on, love. It's not even quarter past six yet. Now, the front pages of the newspapers are all about this this horrible Mick Philpot gentleman. Horrible gentleman. Terrible things he's done. And there are two... I mean, the Daily Mail got me quite angry. And I thought, I thought we'd be ranting about this to the Daily Mail front page. Vile product of Welfare UK. The implication being that the welfare system is partly responsible for what Mick Philpot did. Nonsense, of course. The welfare system, you know, nothing to do with it. But the front page of The Sun, I can't even read. I checked. I can't even read the front page of The Sun out to you. Some of you will go, oh, it's just a word, for goodness sakes, get over it. But child-killing bee stabbed me 27 times. Bee being, of course, the B word. And I, I'm not a prude. I, you know, I, I use coarse language from time to time, maybe a little bit too much. But on the front page of, of Britain's biggest selling newspapers, if you're on a bus or on a train or on a tube, you'll probably see the sun lying around. Your kids will probably see the sun lying around. Are you offended by that, or am I being a little bit oversensitive? 08459 455 555. We'll put it up on Facebook and Twitter as well soon, so you can have a cheeky little look. Right, let's get the travel with Brooke Burfitt. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much and good morning. It's not looking too bad at all on the roads across our area. No reports of any problems on the motorways. But if you are heading further north on the A1 towards Peterborough, the A1 northbound is shut from Junction 17 for Fletton Parkway to the A47 because of an overturned lorry and traffic is queuing on the diversion. And also a note that the roadworks on the M25 are continuing between Junction 23 at South Mims to 25 for Enfield in both directions. There are narrow lanes a speed restriction of 50 as well, and that usually causes delays during rush hour. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Brooke. Morning, it's 6.16. It's Wednesday, the 3rd of April. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The NHS lost over £20 million in the three counties last year because of people missing their, their hospital appointments. The three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later today. In sport, third place Watford won 1-0 at Hull, who are second in the championship. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, a few bright spells, but generally rather cloudy, feeling cold. Maximum temperature, six degrees. If you want to give me a call, 08459 455 555. The front page of the Sun newspaper. Is it a step too far? BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to have a look at a slightly censored version, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Am I being a little bit oversensitive? Am I being sensitive or is that completely inappropriate? When you need local news. Car park charges at Luton Airport have increased today. The drop-off and pick-up zone is now £2 for a 15-minute wait, whereas before it was a pound for 10 minutes. When you need local travel. Anti-clockwise, N25, two lanes closed and queuing. Public transport so far looking good. When you need local weather, BBC Three Counties Radio is here. Feeling really rather chilly as well. Air temperatures only up to 4 or 5 degrees Celsius later on in Ellsbury, in Luton and in Bedford. BBC Three Three Counties Radio and bbc.co.uk slash three counties. You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual 
the moment that you speak I wanna go play hide and seek I wanna go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung And a wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do today Cause you make me feel so young You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I wanna go and play hide and seek I wanna go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung Wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do today Cause you, you make me feel so young You make me feel so young You make me feel so young Ooh, you make me feel so young Frank, you make me feel a little bit randy That's randy music, isn't it? That's kind of the music of... Tonight, we're really going to have a randy old time. Bit of, more Frank Sinatra. We're, we're going to have some Frank Sinatra uh, on the, the station tomorrow. What's the, Paul Scoyne's joining me in the studio. Paul, before we get to what we're going to get to, listen. Hey. What's making that really loud noise in the studio? It's the computers. Don't there you go. Them. That's fixed it. <laughs> now, in November, we uh, elected, and you elected as well, police and crime commissioners to oversee the police forces in England. We've covered it here in some depth. Uh, one of their responsibilities is to set the agenda for their forces, and they've all had to pub- publish plans which show what their priorities are. They've all just been published. Now, political reporter Paul Scoynes, you've been reading through all of them, mm. aren't, aren't you? Well, what are these plans? Well, uh, they're, they're, the plans are there to help sort of show what the direction that the police force is going to go in, and uh, they had to publish them by the end of last month. So this sort of week really is the first opportunity we've had to really pour through them, and pour through them we have. Um, just to give you some you know, some element of how big they are, uh, Bedfordshire's is 17 pages. Bedfordshire is Ollie Martins, Ollie isn't Martins, it? Ollie Martins, that's yep. right. Thames Valley Police, which is Anthony Stansfeld, yep. is uh, 29 pages. I bet David Lloyd's goes on for ages. <laughs> I bet it does. No disrespect. He, um, no, what I'm saying is he's very thorough. He's a very thorough gentleman. Well, that's reflected in the fact that it's 49 pages. 
Wow, it's it's a tome. And have you you've read all of this? Well, I've read some of it. Okay, well, well let's 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 go through them one at a time. Bedfordshire, Ollie Martins. Okay. What kind of kind of things is he setting forward? Well, what are his he, highlights? I mean, Ollie Martins has always been sort of quite strong, if you like, on the uh, the the crime reduction. And that was his sort of uh, pitch when he was running yep. to be the PCC, said that I'm going to try and reduce crime and I'm going to look to, to implement sort of strategies which will help to do that and also to sort of help prevent it as well. He's particularly focusing, he says, on hate crime and domestic abuse. He says that he wants to target specifically uh, antisocial behaviour uh, and through that drugs, gangs, organised crime. He said not just in the towns and, uh, well, no cities in Bedfordshire, but the towns, but also in the uh, rural areas um, he points to particular examples of uh, using cctv and these so-called mosquitoes uh, to to disperse anti-social what are mosquitoes they're the very high-pitched sounds that they play outside of sort of shops to i stop thought teenagers con- only young people could- i thought they got banned by the human rights no, laws they've, 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 they're uh, back they're, they're back okay he certainly points to that in the report uh he says also working with some community groups he uh, plans a major uh, sort of uh, scheme, if you like, of preventing crime, uh, a, a major part of that. Reoffending, especially, he says he wants to use more GPS tagging of criminals uh, and people who have been convicted and also on even on minor offences, says that's shown a marked reduction in reoffending in certain areas and also says that he needs to increase the partnership working, i.e. with other authorities, because, frankly, if he doesn't, because Bedfordshire is running out of money, effectively. Right. Okay. Well, that that last line is a little bit worrying, but that that plan, the whole plan, that seems to make sense, doesn't it? It all seems quite straightforward and very positive. And well, I mean, they're all they're all uh, fairly sort of uh, condensed, if you like. I mean, these are really sort of these aren't great detailed things. They are as a as a as a rule pretty general. Mm. Um, David Lloyd. David Lloyd always has some kind of. Um, Slightly crackpot ideas. He, <laughs> he was the gentleman that wanted to charge prisoners for staying in cells, wasn't yes, he? Yes. Well, the, what does he come up with this, this time? This is the offender pays agenda. Yeah. And uh, that's still very much there at the heart of what he uh, he wants to do. It's the first real sort of uh, segment of his report. Uh, charging for a night in the cells. He's uh, also claiming the full costs against people who've injured the police as well. So any sort of time off that the police uh-huh. have to take, he wants um, that, that replaced, that money replaced. Uh, if you can't pay then community payback is the the way you'll pay it back so you'll be doing uh, the, the sort of jobs on the streets um he's also talked in the report about seizing properties and assets he said that hearts only recovered around four hundred twenty-one thousand pounds from criminals last year they tend to target the big offenders he uh, he wants to see the redoubling of efforts in this area interestingly he wants to seize offenders cars and potentially turn them into police vehicles uh, or is that how it works you can just put some stickers on it and it becomes a police car <laughs> That's what a- i asked him that last night he didn't respond um uh, or, or sell them on he says also using the unhomed stolen bikes um I, you know these are interesting pr- principles and, and proposals that he's putting through uh, also sort of outsourcing certain functions he's spoken about that and of course there was the deal with g4s which fell apart he says that private companies need to be a strong part of our service and he's talked about sponsorship on vehicles uh, and potentially 
lending the force's seal of approval sorry stop laughing uh, to the um things like window locks and also security products as well he says if it's good enough if hearts police can show that it's a good prevention then perhaps we should earn some money from it that, that does make sense that definitely makes sense uh, anthony stansfeld for thames valley police what, what ideas has he come up with well, what are his goals he's come up with more sort of idealistic goals rather than specific uh, uh, objectives and achieve uh, so initiatives if you like so he's set things like reducing uh, persistent antisocial behavior problems by 50 cases uh, carrying out 40 metal theft operations disrupting 20 problem and organized crime groups wow so he's come up with with actual numerical targets he wants to hit yeah okay absolutely he's also said he wants to improve the protection of vulnerable people uh, use crime mapping more effectively and also uh, he's still got quite a lot in the plan which says to be consulted on so it's still it's still pretty rough around the edges and i think that people who've looked at this report who know more about these things than i do and you will be speaking to one in about an hour's time say that of the three reports that we've got from our area this one certainly seems the uh, sort of perhaps doesn't have as much meat on the bones if you know it doesn't have the 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 real sort of uh, what examples of what they're going to do to okay. achieve it rather than just a general sort of we want to do this and very quickly any recurring themes yeah definitely violence against the person and uh, uh, sort of antisocial behavior very much um, uh, sort of come up in all of the three reports there's definitely a, a, a significant focus on the victim as well they always talk all through all of these crime plans about what the victim does and you know how to best serve them so that seems to be at the very heart of what uh, the police and crime commissioners want to achieve and uh, you know that was the point of them in the first place paul Squins, thank you very much indeed oh eight four five nine four double five five oh five here's the monkeys and i'm a believer <laughs> it's not quite the monkeys i'm not sure it's quite i'm a believer paul paul do you know anything about this uh it's very accurate surprisingly almost a bit of freestyle there this is you isn't it this is me what, yeah. what on earth are you doing i got a melodica i bought a melodica i'm not really sure why hopefully it's you, you, an early you, midlife crisis you spent quite a few quid on it on ebay as well I got 20 pounds it's a little I, bit more I, than that. I broke it as well last night did you yeah it's got a bit of a plug at the bottom which is supposed to sort of i think it's a it's a drain you know uh, and I, I blew it out why did you buy this one? This is biscuit. Oh. This is the end. It sort of went off a bit at the end. Starts playing a different song at the end. To be fair, that's the first time I've ever played a melodica, and I played I'm a Believer. I did that for you, Ian. Paul Squins, our political reporter and melodica correspondent. Thanks very much indeed. <laughs> right, let's get the travel now with Brooke. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The roads are still coping well, I'm pleased to stay. Still light traffic on my cameras on the M1, the M25, they're both moving well. Further north on the A1 towards Peterborough, that's closed, heading northbound. It's shut from Junction 17 for Fletton Parkway to the A47 because of an overturned lorry. Traffic is queuing on the diversion. And also a note that in Westcott, the A41 is roadworks near the junction for Creighton Road. Temporary lights are up, that might cause delays later. No reports of any problems on the trains. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Have a look at the front page of The Sun. We've blurred the word out. 
Are you happy with swear words on the front of your newspaper? It's a very emotive story, and I don't particularly want to talk about the story because the gentleman involved is, is a horrible gentleman. But swear words on the front page of the newspaper. Am I getting old, or have the sun crossed a line? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Coming up to six thirty. Here's the news and sport with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts, and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The NHS lost over £20 million in the three counties last year, all because people missed their hospital appointments. Elsewhere, the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later on. Now, after electing separate police and crime commissioners to oversee the police forces across beds, hearts and bucks, they've now each set their agenda for the future. And there's a health watch dog in Luton called Health Watch, which has just been launched. Experts will listen to the views of local people and and use them to influence policy. That's the news. Now let's turn to all the morning sport. Beds, hearts and bucks, sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Great news for Watford then in the Championship, who are now third place. They won 1-0 at Hull, who are second. Troy Deeney scored the winner for Gianfranco Zola's team. The Italian says it was a big win as they look to secure automatic promotion. It was such an important thing to do then. You know, they're still in front, they still have the advantage, but uh, we keep the pressure on them. That's the important bit. And uh, as I said, six games, they are tough. Uh, they will be tough, but uh, we're ready to fight for every single game. Elsewhere, David Beckham started for Paris Saint-Germain as they held Barcelona to a 2 all draw in the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. Beckham insists they're still in the tie. We have to be ready to uh, to play football because uh, you know they play football per- you know beautifully. So uh, you know I think that we played really well tonight. And, uh, we have to go there with the confidence to uh, to win the game. Don't know what else you're going to do if you're not going to play football at a football game. Anyway, finally, tennis. Laura Robson will take over from Heather Watson as a British number one next week. That's after making a winning start at WTA event in Charleston. The 19-year-old had straight sets win over Estrella Cabeza Candela. BBC Three Counties Radio. More from me at seven. Hang, no. <laughs> hang on. I think I might have lost all of my jingles. Oh, no. Hang on. Hang on. Can we just do a little... Da, 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 da? That'll do. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh dear. It's one of those shows, is it? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up between now and seven o'clock, someone in Prince's Risborough got so annoyed with the amount of dog mess in the area, they graffitied, clean up your dog poo on the pavement. They spelt poo wrong. How bad is the problem where you live? I'll be speaking to the vice chair of the Risborough Rangers Football Club to find out why it's causing his team so many problems. And the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later on today. I'll be bringing you the latest news on what will happen at court. It's the story on the front page of most of the newspapers, and the Sun uses the B word. How appropriate is it, do you think, to have swear words on the front of the newspaper? 0845 nine four double five five double five oh sorry wrong button
Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. That was the Beach Boys and Darlin. Now, the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later on today. Mick and Mary uh, Philpott and their friend Paul Mosley were found guilty of manslaughter after starting the blaze in May last year. Five of the Philpott's children's, uh, children died in their home and the sixth from a previous relationship died in hospital. Well, Assistant Chief Constable Steve Cotterill of Derbyshire Police gave his reaction after the verdicts at Nottingham Crown Court yesterday. I derive no pleasure from the conviction of Mick and Mairead Philpott and Paul Mosley. Six young children lost their lives needlessly in a fire and all our efforts have been focused on getting justice for those children. This has to be one of, if not the most, upsetting case any of us has ever investigated. Well, Mick and Mairead Philpott and their friend Paul Mosley were found guilty of manslaughter after an eight-week trial. The fire was part of a plan to frame Mick Philpott's former mistress, Lisa Willis, so he could win custody of his children with her. He wanted to rescue the children, blame Ms Willis and be hailed a hero, but the plan went wrong. Professor David Cantor, an investigative psychologist at the University of Huddersfield, described Mick Philpott. He lived in a world where he could get away with anything. He had these two women, he'd been on television, he'd, uh, he'd been involved, he was a bit of a sort of local celebrity almost, and he, he probably had a great confidence that he could get away with, with all sorts of things. Speaking outside Nottingham Crown Court yesterday, Mick Philpott's sister Dawn Bestwick said they can now move on and their six angels can rest in peace. Murray Philpott's sister Jennifer Lobbin told the BBC's Panorama team her sister had been dominated by Philpott. She is a victim of Mick, but at the end of the day, when it comes to your kids, she should have put them first. She should have put the kids first. James Murray, a criminal solicitor, says the Philpots and Mosley can expect lengthy sentences. The very fact of the aggravations in this case, the premeditation, the length of time that they planned this, and the apparent lack of remorse. I'm not talking about the TV remorse and the and the tears and such like. I'm talking about the, the remorse which meant that they took it right up to the door of the court, through the door, and, and had a complete mm. trial in this case. That's going to weigh heavily uh, to the judge. So there's going to be no credit in this case. Margaret Beckett is the MP for Derby South and has met the family. She says that the Philpots abused the good nature of the people of Derby who rallied to support the family after the fire. Derby is a city with a very warm heart. And when this happened, everybody, you know, people were devastated. People rallied around. Um, you know, they tried to think what could they do to help. There was a tremendous upsurge a community sympathy and support and so on. And you, you sort of feel as if that's been thrown back in his face. Father Alan Burbridge is parish priest at the family's local Catholic church. He's visited Mick Philpott in prison. He hopes that the people of Derby will forgive them. I think the community will accept that they've done an incredibly stupid thing and they lost their children and they are going to be suffering. But I think I, I go along with the phrase that all forgiveness is healing. They do need to find forgiveness. Whether they, uh, the community can find it in their heart to forgive them, well, that's, that's another matter. But many, of course, will, be, will still be very angry with them. Wow, sorry, was that gentleman asking the, 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 the place, the Derby, to give them forgiveness? Wow. Well, Derby's Safeguarding Children Board is carrying out a serious case review into the deaths of the six Philpot children. It won't be completed before summer. It's the story that's in all the newspapers. It's on a lot of the front pages. Um, let's just quickly have a look, shall we? Um, where have we got here? The Guardian, evil, stupid and shameful. 
Um, reckless and stupid killer whose family died in blaze. The Daily Express, six angels killed by evil parents. The Daily Mail's got a slightly inflammatory um, front page. Vile, vile product of Welfare UK. The implication being, it's the welfare system's fault. But it's the Sun front page that really... Um, that really, we all looked at it this morning and went, sorry, and we read it to make sure it wasn't being used in its um, literal sense, and it wasn't. The son, child-killing B, stabbed me 27 times. A, a swear word on the front page, and quite a strong swear word as well on the front page. And I know it's, and I'm not in any way defending McPhilpot. It's a horrendous crime, and he probably is this. But to have it on the front page... Of a newspaper, Justin. Were you? Uh, am I becoming an old man? Were you shocked when you saw this word on the front page I, of the I Sun? I was slightly shocked. I admit. Um, I popped into a news agent this morning. The Sun newspaper is still certainly selling. Um, lots of people with lots of views on this. Uh, joining me live in our radio car here in Aylesbury is Frank. Frank, again, I can't read that, but um, the front page of the Sun this morning. That B word is that a step too far? What do you think? One of the thoughts, so yeah. Would that put you off buying this newspaper? No, because it's my regular paper anyhow. So you're still going by it despite that word oh, being on the front? So, yeah. Yeah, but you think that word is quite offensive? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, that's Frank now. I spoke to a man a few moments ago, Ian, inside the local news agent here, who disagrees. Uh, take a listen to this. Well, Kevin, you've actually popped in here this morning to buy the Sun newspaper. I can't say what that headline reads this morning, but um, is that a step too far? Um, no, not really for the crimes, what's been done. Um, I would go further than that, but it's not a suitable thing for putting on the bottom shelves of the paper on uh, in the um, news agents. But, but in saying that, though, there could be a number of children on buses or trains this morning seeing that word. Surely that can't be right, can it? Um, every day in the playground at school, I hear it. So um, you can't say no more, can you? So it's certainly not going to put you off buying your paper. You've no. got the sun in your hand. No. You're going to buy it as normal this morning. It's not offended you in the slightest. No. No, it takes a lot to offend me. Mm. And just putting words on the paper, mm. like anything, it's just words. And you think it's too weak, don't you? I do, yeah. I, what I'd like to do to him is... Um, I think we should leave it there. Oh, <laughs> do, <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much indeed. OK, thank so two views there, Ian. Mm. Frank's saying it, it is offensive, but it won't put him off. In actual fact, Frank has now walked past me. He's just been into the newsagent. He's bought his son newspaper. And Kevin's saying there, well, well, kids say these words every day anyway. And in his opinion, the wording on the front page of The Sun this morning is simply not strong enough. Listen, just because kids say it, I mean, you know, we should be encouraging and educating our kids to use better language. I mean, the, the, it's a quote, and I, mm. I'm sure this would be The Sun's justification. It isn't their headline they've come up with. It's a quote from a woman who... Uh, apparently has connections with, with uh, Mr Philpot. Hmm. Uh, but I, I just think I've got young lads and I've got nieces and nephews who could read this. I don't want them going... They'll see this in every news. If they're going to buy a comic today, if they're going yep. to get the Octonauts or, or whatever the comic is at the moment, they'll see this. It's very true. The, this news agent here is the first newspaper that you see because, of course, they, they sell so many of them. I can see both sides. Yes, it is a quote, but secondly, uh, I raised the point there whilst talking to Kevin that, that a number of children going to school on the bus, people read newspapers on buses. It's on the front page. Children are going to see that word and some parents are going to be offended that their children are seeing that word this morning, quote or no quote. Justin, whereabouts are you off to now? I'm off to Princess Risborough, the, the glamorous job this morning. Uh, you're going to be talking about it very soon. There is a massive dog poo problem there, and Aye. I'm off to investigate. Ouch. Thank Thanks. you very much, Justin. To lead a better life I need my love to be here Here 
she's beside me, I know I need never care. But to love her is to need her everywhere. Knowing that love is to share. Each one believing that love never dies. Watching their eyes and hoping I'm always there I want her everywhere And if she's beside me I know I need never care But to love her is to need her That's got to be one of the most perfect songs of all time, hasn't it? 6.45, here's the travel news from Burford. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still good on the roads this morning. The M25 and M40 both flowing freely on my speed sensors. No reports of any problems on the major A routes. If you're heading out of Bedfordshire, though, on the A1 northbound towards Peterborough, the road is closed from Junction 17 for Fletton Parkway to the A47 because of an overturned lorry. Traffic is queuing on the diversion, which will take you onto Fletton Parkway and then onto Nen Parkway. The train's all running a normal good service, I'm pleased to say. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Brooke. Right, 6.46, Wednesday the 3rd of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People who have missed hospital appointments in the past year have cost the NHS over £20 million across the three counties. Mick and Murray Philpot, the couple convicted of killing their six children in a house fire in Derby, will be sentenced later this morning. In sport, Troy Deeney scored the winner for third place Watford, who won 1-0 at Hull. Coming up, someone in Prince's Risborough got so annoyed with the amount of dog poo in the area, they graffiti clean up your dog poo on the pavement. They spelt poo wrong. That's irrelevant, really. We'll find out more about this story. But before that, let's get the latest weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Are you sure you want the weather for today? No, well, well I do want it from you, Elizabeth, because we had the great pleasure of meeting last week, and oh, you have yes. apparently been telling everyone, I look younger than I sound. Yes, you so do. You can say whatever you want, surprise. and you certainly don't look homely. Oh dear, listener, he's quite good looking, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, there we go, you see. Let's have the weather, please. Oh, thank you. Well, I only say, do you really want the weather, because it's not going to be quite as nice as it was yesterday, when many of us saw lots of lovely bright sunshine. Um, now, a deceptively bright start to the day with some good spells of sunshine to start with, but then gradually from the east we're going to start to see some clouds spread through and it's going to be a really rather cloudy end of the morning and an afternoon as well. Feeling very raw with that northeasterly wind picking up once more. Temperatures between 4 and 6 degrees Celsius in Welling Garden City, in Hartford and in Luton as well. That's 43 in Fahrenheit. But of course it's not going to feel like that because of the strength of that very bitter northeasterly wind. Now most places will stay dry. We are 
risk of seeing a few very, very light wintry flurries perhaps as we head through the afternoon into the first part of the evening as well. And then that risk will continue through the overnight period as well. We may well see um, a few light flurries develop again over the tops of the Chilterns into tomorrow. Nothing significant though. And then tomorrow, a very cloudy, cold day. We've still got that northeasterly wind. Temperatures still only at four or five degrees Celsius, but there is a little bit of hope for Friday. Now, it does look like we're going to see a bit more in the way of brightness, some sunny spells around as well. And then by the time we get to the weekend, things will start to feel a little bit more normal because, yes, we're still in the cold air, but the wind will start to die down. So we'll lose that bitter wind chill. So things will start to feel a little bit better. And then as we get into next week, the temperatures leaping back up to where they should be at this time of year. Nothing particularly special. We do run the risk of seeing something wet and windy at times, though. So be careful of what you wish for. Wet and windy. That's what we use uh, to describe Paul Scoynes in the office here at work. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories. I get to meet a lot of really interesting people with the most amazing stories. We feel as if we haven't been taken notice of. Yesterday we heard that the bank had gone, but today it's still there. The cat got delivered up in Kabul. He should be back in the UK in two months. With the best local talking points. Do some of the bakers have flapjack fights? No, of course not, Roberto. Well, not in our shops. (laughs) Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, I know, I just slipped a Duran Duran track into the running order. It's excited me. Better than Maroon 5 that was coming up. Oh, this, I'm, I'm in a good mood today. It won't last long, it never does. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Are you offended by the front page of the sun today? Moving on the floor now, baby.
Oh, they're going crazy on the bass guitar there, aren't they? I forgot they got, it gets a bit silly towards the end, doesn't it? <laughs> Duran Duran and Rio. I've not heard that for a long time and I uh, quite enjoyed that. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, you might get frustrated with the amount of dog poo-poo in parks and public places where you live. I do. One resident was so angered by the problem in Prince's Risborough, they graffitied, clean up your dog poo on the pavement where Berryfield Road joins the avenue. Well, the town council say they are getting an increasing number of reports from the football clubs in the area who say they're having to clear the pitches before they can play. Well, with me now is John Pusey, the vice chairman of the Risborough Rangers Football Club. Morning, John. Morning. Now, John, why is this so relevant to you? Uh, well, it's relevant to me because uh, 40 years ago, I lost my eyesight, um, uh, my left eye, uh, through um, dog's mess. Um, what happened was a dog had licked my face, so a consequence of coming from dog mess, uh, I lost the sight in my left eye, so it is a major thing for me. Because we, I've all, I always thought this was a slight myth, that, that dog poo can make kids go blind, but this, this actually happens to you. It's, it's a definite fact, yeah. It happened to me 40 years ago. I've been living with it. Hindered the first 20 years of my life, and here I am now. Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine now, for me. You, you clear the dog mess from Wade's Park before your team play, don't you? Yes, every week. Uh, myself and my other coaches, we're all, uh, we get down there at 8am. We uh, scan the whole area of the Wade's Park, and we must collect between 5 and 15 poos every Saturday morning. I'm shocked by by that amount. So it's it's a big problem then. Uh, it is a really big problem. Yes, I mean even on marked pitches, uh, we've got marked pitches, and there's dogs poos in the middle of the pitches everywhere. It's just um, it's unacceptable, really. Uh, we've got kids ranging from uh, six year olds to nine year olds playing on the fields between um, eighty and one hundred and twenty kids, and no, it's not it's not acceptable. No. So you're out there in the, in the morning. You're, you're trying to get the pitches ready for for the kids who want to just come and have a kick about, and you're, you're picking up dog mess. How does that make you feel? John? Uh, it makes me feel angry more than anything. Um, really, the kids are out there, as you say, ready to play football. Um, they don't want to be coming across things like this, and uh, no, it's just not right. It's, uh, it does make us all angry, all of us. At the end of the sessions, all the coaches, we're not really talking about the training sessions, we're talking about how much dog's mess we're clearing up. Now, the eye, the, right. John, the eye infection that, that, that caused your, your blindness, it, it, it causes the partial blindness in up to 100 children every year. Uh, it's too many, isn't it? Uh, it's far too many, yeah. I mean, if we can cut out, if, if, if dog owners can uh, clean up their own mess and uh, clean up their dog's mess, then, uh, yeah, it, it's not right. But they're supposed to clean up their dog's mess, John. Why do you think so many people aren't? I, I just, I just don't think they're, they're they're responsible dog owners. Really, I really don't. I just think that they just let the dogs roam free in the in the parks, uh, let them do their mess, and just walk away from me. I mean, I've got a dog myself. I follow the dog around. I take two bags with me and I clean up whatever mess she makes. <laughs> what do you What do you reckon should be done to those owners who who have complete disregard for other people around them? Uh... <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, something should be done to them, really. I mean, there should be fine. There should be more things about cleaning up your dog mess. There should be bags, really, by the sides of the bins and everything, just to make people more aware and make uh, just more signs and make people more aware of cleaning up their dog's mess. Maybe introducing fines 
someone mm. needs to be around doing on-spot fines or something. But, yeah, something needs to be done, really. It's not very good, don't John, it? listen, I appreciate your time and I appreciate the effort you put in for those kids. Keep up the good work. John Pusey, the vice chairman of the Risborough Rangers Football Club. It does. When this was mentioned yesterday, we all kind of giggled. Went, <laughs> yeah, dog food story, that'd be fun. Uh, but there, there is a serious side to it. You heard that, that John there went blind in one eye. 100 kids every year get partial blindness, at least, because of this. And it just, even down at the very basic level, it looks horrible, it smells horrible, and if you've ever trod in dog's mess, flipping heck, you try scraping that stuff out, you can't do it. You can't do it. If you own a dog, take a load of plastic bags with you and pick up your dog mess. Gets me really angry. A couple of things, okay? Does it get you? I feel I do feel like I'm becoming a grumpy old man today with the front page of the sun and this dog poo story. But I, I'm what? If you're a dog owner and you don't pick up your dog mess, could you give me a call and be honest with me? Why not? Why not? You lazy so and so. You're not fit to own a dog. If you can't take a few plastic bags out, bend over and pick up your dog poop, you're not fit to own a dog. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I tell you what, what should happen to people like that, owners like that. Take the dogs off them. Take the dogs off them and give them to people who are responsible dog owners. If you can't pick up your dog mess, then you don't deserve to own a dog. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you live in Princess Risborough, uh, look out for Justin Dealey. He's uh, a tall, big, blonde man with uh, a fake tan. He's on the way to the area to find out how big the problem is. So if it's been causing you problems, if you've seen people doing it, or dogs doing it, people see people doing it. Ooh, that'd be even worse. If you've seen dogs and dog doing it and their owners not uh, clearing it up, or if you've been affected by this, go and uh, grab Justin. Go and say hello to him. And have your say. Or you can give me a call. 08459 455 555. Right, travel news now. Here's Brooke Burfitt. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The traffic is very quickly picked up across the area as we head into rush hour and Brickett Wood North Orbital Road has the usual morning queues at the roundabout for the M25. Once on the M25 itself, there are patchy delays anti-clockwise, in particular around Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Once past those queues, traffic is slow around Junction 16 for the M40 and the A1 Watford Way into London. That's very busy on my cameras from Apex Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Now, in the opposite direction on the A1 a lot further north, uh, the A1 northbound towards Preachway is closed from Junction 7 for Fletton Parkway to the A47 because of an overturn lorry. Traffic is very slow on the diversion. That's the latest. Brooke Burford, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. More on the dog's mess. If you can't pick up your dog's mess, you should have your dog taken off, you simple as. We'll also be talking more about how the NHS in beds, hearts and bucks is losing £20 million a year due to missed appointments. But first, here's the news with Serena. Getting beds, hearts and bucks talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. People missing appointments cost local NHS millions. Man goes blind because of dog mess. And Watford step closer to automatic promotion. BBC Three Counties Radio. People who've missed hospital appointments in the past year have cost the NHS over £20 million across the three counties. Luton's nearly double the number of people failing to attend compared to other primary care trusts locally. Well, Jonathan Isaby from the Taxpayers Alliance says changes need to be made to the system. If somebody is 
is consistently and repeatedly uh, missing appointments. I think there, there is arguably a case for making some kind of financial imposition on them because, you know, clearly by missing an appointment, they are causing disruption uh, and, and, and a waste of money effectively because, you know, time is money for the people involved uh, in uh, the hospital. In other news this morning, the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later on. Mick and Mayor Head Philpott and their friend Paul Mosley were found guilty of manslaughter after starting the blaze in May last year. After electing separate police and crime commissioners to oversee the police forces across beds, hearts and books, they finally published their plans which show what their priorities are. In Hertfordshire, David Lloyd wants the offender to pay for their crimes. In Bedfordshire, Oliver Martins is all about crime prevention, whilst in the Thames Valley, Anthony Stansfeld has specific goals about what he wants to see achieved. Meanwhile, the government's launching a review into the use of police cautions to deal with criminal offences. There have been claims that justice has been undermined by cautions being given for serious offences and to repeat offenders. Now here and people are angry that not enough is being done to clean the dog mess around Prince's Risborough. One resident was so angered that they've graffitied clean up your dog poo on the pavement where Berryfield Road joins the avenue. John Pusey, the vice chairman of the Risborough Rangers Football Club, wants people to be fined if they don't clear it up. 40 years ago I lost my eyesight, um, uh, my left eye, through a dog's mess. And what happened was a dog had licked my face, so a consequence of coming from dog mess... Uh, I lost the sight in my left eye, so it is a major thing for me. A new model for defining social class is being launched today. Based on an extensive survey of more than 160,000 people, sociologists argue there are seven different class groups that are relevant today, rather than the traditional three of upper, middle and lower class. Sport then in the Championship, Watford are now just a point behind second place hole. It comes after they won 1-0 against Steve Bruce's side at the KC Stadium last night. Troy Deeney scored their winner in the first half. Weather then, a few bright spells around, but not. don't get too excited. It's going to be mainly cloudy feeling cold as well temperatures of six degrees celsius 43 in fahrenheit there's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties bbc three counties radio first for news thank you I do apologise, I'm giggling. There is a, we'll, we'll put this on our Facebook page and tweet this, if we can. There's a survey on the BBC website. Work out what social group you fit into. I'm technical middle class. This is a small, distinctive and prosperous new class group. I mix socially with people similar to themselves uh, that work in research, science and technical fields. Sorry if I ticked a wrong box. And I enjoy emerging culture, such as going to the gym and using social media. Can we tweet that link, please? I want to find out what my listeners are like. I only want... I don't want to be snobby. No, (laughs) I do. I only want a certain class of people listening to this show. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR at BBC3CR on Twitter. We'll we'll tweet this little um, class calculator and see what you are. Can we get Justin Dealey to do it as well, please? (laughs) It may break the system. Right, good morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up between now and eight o'clock, including should you be fined if you miss a hospital appointment? Almost 240,000 appointments were missed in the three counties last year, and it's costing the NHS a fortune. Someone in Prince's Risborough got so annoyed with the amount of dog mess in the area, they graffitied, clean up your dog poo on the pavement. How bad is the problem where you live? I say if you can't clean up your dog mess, then you should have the dog taken off you. 
And the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later on today. It's the story on the front page of most of the newspapers. Although the Sun uses the B word. It's made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. How appropriate do you think it is to have swearing on the front page of the Sun? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Or you can give me a phone call. All of the lines are free right now. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's something. Luton has nearly doubled the average of missed outpatient appointments compared to other health trusts in the three counties. The figures come from the Department of Health. So do you think people should be fined if they miss appointments? Our reporter Justin Dealey has been out getting your reaction. Glynis, you have firm views on this. People should definitely be fined as far as you're concerned. Can you tell us why? That's wasting other people's time that have got to wait for an appointment that really need it. And if you don't turn up because you don't even phone or anything, then it's just wasting other people's time and they desperately need their appointments. Anybody who's not ill and they make no effort at all to phone the hospital, are those people just rude and arrogant? Yes, they are. They wouldn't like it done to themselves, so they shouldn't do it to anyone else. Does it make you feel quite angry? It does, yeah. Yeah, quite upsetting. Madam, again, you think people should be fine. Can you tell us why? Um, I think it's unfair on other people that are always on time or early for their appointments and they're taking up valuable time that other people need, especially if they're in an emergency or, you know, they're very ill or they, you know, seriously need the appointment, then they're wasting it. People think they're going to have to actually pay then um, that would change things dramatically, I think. Hit them in a the pocket, yeah. and then it will make a difference. Definitely, definitely. Russell, what's your views then, sir? Well, if the people don't turn up and they've got a legitimate reason, I, then I think the fine might be a little bit harsh. But um, if there is not a good reason, then it is a waste of the, everybody else's time that might really need an appointment, who's waiting desperately for one. Well, madam, you just come out of the hospital from your appointment. You made it on time. Those yes. that, that don't turn up and give no notice at all, should they be fined? Yes, definitely. Well, it's very irresponsible anyway. Um, and most of the time you know that you're not going to be able to make it for some reason, even if it's last minute, if you're really sick or something. But um, people are just careless, just careless. Sometimes they forget um, and they should be fine, yeah. I mean, is this a UK thing right now? Have we almost lost our manners in this country? Um, yes, I think we have. If you have an appointment with anybody, it's usually good manners to cancel it, but everyone seems to take the, the uh, national health for granted. They don't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, They'll see me next time, and it's irresponsible and bad-mannered. I think they should, yes, definitely. And tell us why. Like at my dentist, you have to give 48 hours notice to cancel, otherwise you're going to have to pay... You know, but I think 48 hours is a bit too, you know, because anything could happen in 48 hours. But, yeah, but most places are, you know, we have to pay for our dental thing if we miss it. So, yeah. Appointment. The reason we're talking about this is because the people who missed their appointments in the three counties last year have cost the NHS in beds, hearts and bucks over £20 million. Almost 240,000 appointments were missed in just one year. And it's estimated each appointment costs the NHS around £100. And as I said before, Luton has nearly double the average of missed outpatient appointments compared to other health trusts in the three counties. Well, Peter Gibson is from the Lister Hospital in Hertfordshire. Morning, Peter. Morning. Why do you think so? many patients fail to cancel if they can't make it? 
That's a really interesting question, but before I answer this, I want to say one thing. We're talking about 95% roughly of patients making their appointments. You don't want to vilify everybody, but the small percentage that do cause a lot of problems. Well, it costs a lot of money, doesn't it? £20 exactly. million pounds in beds, hearts and bucks. And I think one of the things that we've been trying to do is to reduce those numbers by actually introducing reminder systems, uh, making sure it's as easy as possible for people to, to, to change or cancel their appointments. And we've seen a, a dramatic reduction in the numbers of people missing their appointments. Also a little bit cautious about this sort of general rush towards finding. We, we follow up all patients who fail to show. Now, whilst there are a small number who are just, if you like, you know, just don't bother if you like to get in touch with us, actually behind a lot of them there are real stories. Uh, bereavements, actually they themselves have been taken on well and taken into hospital uh, at short notice or their care has been taken into hospital. There are lots of reasons. So we have to look at each story. Is it not just, right. Peter, though? The, the, I'm sure there are, of course, always tragic extremes, yeah. but um, that sometimes people just feel a bit better and can't be bothered. There, definitely that's the case. We know some people just fail to turn up. Some people are dreadful at diary management. Uh, you or I, possibly not. But others, uh, when you talk to them, they sort of just look at you blankly. Uh, well, that, you, that, that's not good enough, is it? If you, you're not good at writing something down in your diary, then you, you, you should contribute, shouldn't you? Um, well, at the moment, we have no power to find individuals. That's a matter for politicians. But the work we're doing is to try and reduce that number as, as small as possible. How have you been doing that, Peter? What, what, what systems have you got in place? Well, it's, it's, it's no magic bullet. It's a system whereby the, the letters go out uh, within, uh, within you know, a timely way, put them out too far in advance, it actually increases the number of people who fail to show. So we've got the optimum time, which is certainly around sort of three to five weeks. Uh, you then actually start doing text reminders where we have mobile phones. We'll do text reminders to landlines, and we will phone people if we have a ah. for them. We also have an online um, form on our website where you can go and cancel or request a change to your appointment. Uh, and people who have a history of not showing, we will actively manage them to try and make sure that we know whether they're going to turn up or not. When you say people who have a history, this, I'm assuming they've missed three, four, five appointments. When you ask them why they've missed those appointments, one you can one you can kind of forget. Two, well, maybe. But once you start getting to three, four, five, what are their reasons? I think they don't have reasons at the end. Mostly, is they just forget. They don't. They or, or they don't want it. We have to push them then very hard. Is this an appointment you really need to keep? Uh, and, and ultimately, if people won't you know keep appointments, then we won't offer them in future unless we have uh, we have, have information from their GP that this is really needed. You sending out texts and emails sounds wonderful. It's the kind of thing that I need. Sometimes I need a little little uh, nudge in the in the ribs that this is happening. Does it cost you anything to do that, Peter? It, it, there's obviously a cost to it, but it's a tiny percentage and much much less mm. the lost income. And don't forget, it's not just the you know the, the fact the cost to the NHS of those missed appointments. We often and then have to put on additional clinics to cover to make up the difference and, and the big loss of course is you've got patients sitting on waiting lists who could be making use of those appointment slots if people if we knew that the people weren't going to make it it, it is frustrating, isn't it? Because it, it is difficult to get appointments at, at doctors and hospitals and there can be a slightly longer wait. Uh, and with this £20 million being lost across beds, hearts and bucks, you can understand, can't you, why people are frustrated at those that seemingly can't be bothered to turn up? 
Uh, absolutely, and, and no more frustrated I must have been, you know, than our staff sitting in, in outpatient clinics waiting for people to turn up. We've pulled their notes, we've got all the tests ready, they come in, to, in, in you know, our staff are there ready to, to, you know, to, to, to help them, and they don't show, uh, and that must be very, very frustrating for, you know, our doctors and nurses sitting in clinics. Uh, and if there are several no-shows in, 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 one, in one clinic, well, you know, they can be sitting around for some time or just, you know, take the next patient that's, that's waiting. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is, has been a fact of life in the NHS, not saying you should accept that, but I think also we need to do our part to make sure that we're reducing numbers, and we've shown over the last sort of 18 months or so, it is possible to make big inroads into it. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Peter Gibson from uh, the Lister Hospital in Hertfordshire. Well, they are striving to cut down the number of missed appointments, and it sounds that they're working simple things. When I, when I, I, I've got a, a, an appointment with my hairdresser, I get a text the day before saying, don't forget, you're seeing Joe tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And a little thing like that, it, it, it might incur a slight cost, depends how many free texts they've got in their package, I guess. It might incur a slight cost. But if we can do something to save the £20 million that's being lost each year across the three counties, that it's got to be, it's a lot of money, isn't it? And you know how difficult it is to get an appointment at the doctor's or, or in the hospital. OK, you miss one appointment. <sighs> Maybe we can forgive that. Maybe we can let you off that. You start missing two, three, four, then surely there has to be some form of um, punishment. Maybe not the right word. Some form of incentive to make sure you don't miss any more appointments. 08459 455 555. I'm asking, should you be fined if you miss doctors and hospital appointments? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Go to the Facebook page, dear listener, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. We've, uh, but there's a couple of things on there. There's the front page of The Sun. It's got a swear word on it. We've, bl- we've blocked it out, so don't worry. It's, it's safe for work and for children. I think having a swear word that big on the front page, I do think it's terribly inappropriate. I don't want my kids to see that. I don't want them to be out with my nephew, who's an excellent reader, and him to go, Uncle Ian, what does that word mean? I don't want it there. I think it's inappropriate. What do you think? Is it going to put you off buying the sun today? Or do you think I'm being oversensitive? 08459 455 555. We've also put up the um, uh, little link for you to assess what kind of, what class you are. Go and have a look and then give me a call or, or post on the Facebook page what you are. I want to make sure we have the right class of people listening to this show, please. And if you're not of a suitable class, I may be asking you to switch off. Go and listen to Heart. Oh eight four five nine. Oh, it's, it's it's that's the kind of people that listen to that nonsense. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Seven fifteen. Let's get the travel news with Britt Burfitt. Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the delays on the M25, firstly, the anti-clockwise carriageways, patchy delays starting from Junction 25 for Enfield. It's slow further round from Junction 21 for the M1. Uh, traffic is crawling along to 20 for Kings Langling, and then it builds up once again around Junction 17 for Maple Cross, all the way to 16, getting on to, for the M40. The A1 Watford Way into London, that's slow from Apex Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Over in High Wycombe, New Road has temporary traffic lights up around the electricity work between Fernie Fields and Squirrel Lane. And a lot further north on the A1 northbound towards Peterborough, it's closed from Junction 17 for Fletton Parkway to the A47 because of an overturned lorry. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. 
right, 7.16, it's Wednesday, the 3rd of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People who've missed hospital appointments in the past year have cost the NHS over £20 million across the three counties. The three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later today. In sport, third place Watford won 1-0 at Hull, who are second in the championship. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, a few bright spells, but generally rather cloudy, feeling cold. Maximum temperature is six degrees. Coming up in November, we elected police and crime commissioners to oversee the police forces in England. One of their responsibilities is to set the agenda for their forces. They've now all had to publish plans which show what their priorities are. We'll find out more about what they've said before 7.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tackling your consumer problems. On BBC Three Counties Radio. My son took it uh, back to the, the garage. The mechanic says, yeah, I know what it is. So they took it in, done what they had to do, and the car was still the same, still doing the same thing. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. The long and short of it is, he agreed that he would replace the car. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. I'd like to thank you and your team for everything you've done. We wouldn't have got where we got without you. It's a pleasure. I'm going to call that a result. Any other problems, you know where I am, Stuart. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you miss a doctor or hospital appointment, you should be fined. That's one of the theories out there. 08459 455 555. Joe, what do you reckon? Do you agree with that? Totally and utterly, yep, I agree with that, mate. And because I am a regular visitor to the Lister... um, uh, through uh, a, a lost kidney, uh, we'll put it. We'll put it down to that. How and can you I... lose a kidney? Where have you looked under the sofa? I'm joking, Joe. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I know. I, I know, know your story. And yes, but so you, you, so you go to the hospital quite a lot. Yes. Do you every ever, six ever, ever miss an appointment? No, absolutely not. And I, it's totally irresponsible. Whether it's um, uh, having a kidney checkup or whether it's just having your ears looked at or, or anything like that, because they say. Twenty million quid, Ian. That's a hell of a lot of money, mate. I know. That's I was a hell of a lot of money. I had to uh, just under two hundred forty thousand at missed appointments last year in beds, hearts, and bucks alone. It's not across the whole country. That's just in the three counties. And twenty million quid—that is an incredible amount of money. And any any listeners um, listening today will know that twenty million pound that, that they're using a lot of the the, the list has been rebuilt. Okay, mm. and I say it costs millions. You just think how much you can do with that twenty million pound. I think as well, but I think the attitude of, of people in is very lazy, very mm. irresponsible. And do you know what? People have to pay for medical treatment in other countries, so we need to sort of buck our ideas. We up do take come it. On, let's we do take it for granted, and, and part of we me do. does does think yes, there are the exceptions where you know people have died or they've got worse or, 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 yeah. or whatever reason. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is people just forget, or they get better and don't bother to phone up, or they just you know there's something but, there's a good film on TV. Yes, but I use. I mean, I get sent a text message from from the lister. Yeah. What P- uh, Peter Gibson was talking about, and do you know what? It's such a good idea um, because you, you then reply yes or reply no. Obviously, they can only send out so many text messages. Um, so I always reply back, yes, I will be there. And I just think, with, with the technology we've got nowadays, you know, it's information overload, there's no reason to miss anything ever. And if I was Peter Gibson, I'd be going one step further. I hope you're still listening. I would actually go one step further and actually 
get, you know, because everyone's got a calendar on their phone or something like that. Yep. So when you accept an appointment, it should then put it onto your sort of Outlook account on your phone and think oh. it and say, guess what? And give you a reminder. <laughs> guess, they guess, don't what? guess what? You're going to the hospital, Joe, your kidneys <laughs> taken out. Joe, listen, while I've got you on the line very quickly, yes. uh, the, the front page of, of all the news, most of the newspapers do this this horrible story about Mick Philpot and who's been, you know, who's, who's been found guilty of manslaughter of his six kiddies. The front page of the Sun. Have you seen it? Oh, I don't read. Uh, I don't trust well, it, or read any. But but if even if you walk into any news agency today, you're going to see the Sun child killing B stabbed yep. me twenty seven times. Well, what do you? T- what's your view on that? I, 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 I find it quite offensive. Um, and I know one of your callers earlier said it's just a word, but again, I've got two young kids. Yep. I don't want them seeing that, and it's just it just shows that how sort of tacky certain newspapers have become. I mean, I'm not a snob, but at the same time, I don't want to be reading that mm. because then once it's it's happened a couple of times in, as you know, once you know it's it's it, okay. Well, we've printed it before, so now we can print something even worse. It leads the way then for just you know for just to go crashing on and and become more of a regular thing. I just I just think it's a bit distasteful. So, Joe from Letchworth, thank you very much indeed. If you want to have a look at this front page, <clears throat> we've we've um, as I say bleeped it. We haven't bleeped it. We've blanked out the word. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. If you want to see it uncensored, go into any news agents in the country. Uh, Nick has texted in, I'm always offended by the sun and the star and the other red tops. They print nothing worth reading. The only bit of them you can believe is the date on the front page. That vile Philpot was just a total lowlife and a waste of space. The fact that he'd been on that trashy Jeremy Kyle show bragging about his lifestyle says it all. Uh, bang him up with the worst of the worst and throw the key away, says Nick. He's also been on that uh, the, the Jonathan Vernon Smith show, I believe, as well. He's also popped up on there. 08459. Four double five five double five. Have your say on that. Also, if you can't get access to a computer uh, and you want to do the class test live on the air, do, do give us a call and uh, I will tell you live to all the listeners of the three counties what class you are. There's a great test on the BBC website at the moment. Give us a call and we'll uh, do it with you. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Excuse me. Now in November, we elected police and crime commissioners to oversee the police forces in England. We covered it here in quite some depth. You may remember what well, one of their responsibilities is to set the agenda for their forces. And they've all had to publish plans which show what their priorities are. Well, Bernard Ricks from Bedfordshire is an advisor to the police and has written several reports for the Home Office on policing. He joins me now. Morning, Bernard. Morning, Ian. Bernard, you've had a look at these plans uh, for us. Can we go through them area by area? Bedfordshire's, Bedfordshire's PCC has a strong focus on crime prevention. Yes, he's, he's got three things, protecting the public, partnership working and uh, preventing crime. And um, he's, uh, Dolly Martins is the PCC of Bedfordshire. Yes, he's thank been you. in the press recently about um, some... Uh, uh, GPS tagging initiatives he wants to take and uh, so very much preventing crime is, is his theme. <clears throat> At Hertfordshire's PCC, David Lloyd, well he's um, he always surprises me with some of his um, slightly left of centre uh, ideas including using criminal cars, criminals cars for police purposes. Well his plan of the three is, is the one that comes up with the most uh, novel ideas. Um, he's he's certainly looking to improve the lot of victims. He wants, for example, victims to have a named contact person uh, so that you actually know if you're a victim who you speak to in the police much more clearly. Um, it, 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 some of his ideas, you could argue, are, as I think you might have mentioned earlier, just um, uh, somewhat bizarre. But what he's looking to do, I think, is to really um, 
make some difference. And uh, some of the, the initiatives that he's got, particularly on the Offender Pays initiative theme that he's got, um, certainly are looking to make some, quite some considerable change, but probably would need some legislative change to get them moving forward. The, the thing that comes across in all of these reports, uh, and, and it's more obvious in Ollie Martin's The Bedfordshire Report, is where he, he uh, flags up how important partnership working is. Basically, what they're saying is, we ain't got much money. Cuts are being made everywhere. The whole austerity package, 20% cuts uh, to force budgets. It, it, is, is that kind of a prevailing theme in these reports? Well, they don't really take as much account of it as I thought they might. And that actually applies beyond Bedfordshire, uh, Hertfordshire, Buckinghamshire. Um, the, uh, every single police force is under financial pressures at the moment. And actually, my, my own force, Bedfordshire, more than most. And I don't really see uh, in Bedfordshire and Thames Valley these sorts of... Um, thinking about how they're going to tackle these continuing financial pressures. More so in Hertfordshire, there are some thoughts on, the, on that, on the, uh, the business sense side and, and talking about efficiencies. But certainly in Bedfordshire, that's a real challenge, and it will actually be compounded by uh, Ollie Martins now having to find a new chief constable. Do you worry then, Bernard, that, that, that perhaps they're slightly ignoring the problem of the, the cuts that, that have to be made? I don't think it's that they're ignoring them. I, I, I know that there is um, work going on behind the scenes, and so there should be. Um, but in something like this, the policing plans, my um, belief is that they should recognise that there are particular financial pressures. Um, the approach in some of them, and, and this certainly applies to Bedfordshire, is that actually this is central government's fault and that we shouldn't uh, be getting these cuts, and therefore we're going to push back against those cuts. Well, that's only going to go so far, I think. They, they, need, they need to have plans as to how they're going to address those cuts within the uh, police and crime plans themselves. Ollie Martins, Bedfordshire, uh, antisocial behaviour to be tackled, including the use of, of mosquito technology. Now, this is that high-pitched whine that only people of a certain age can hear. I thought that had been outlawed. Well, he, he mentions it very briefly uh, as an example that uh, of something that had worked well. It's not been outlawed. There are a number of, of local councils that um, don't allow uh, the use of these mosquito sounds within their particular areas. Um, th- there is some controversy about this, but they are perfectly legal to use and, and to sell. And uh, as far as I'm aware, they aren't, um, they aren't barred by the local authorities in, in Bedfordshire, nor indeed in Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. He also talks about the GPS tagging of criminals, even um, the, the people who've been convicted of maybe possibly minor crimes. Is that something you'd like to see? Well, there's been some research on this, and it certainly, uh, perhaps understandably, uh, deters those who have been convicted and are uh, out uh, from committing further crimes. So I I think the number fell uh, very significantly indeed, and so I absolutely understand why he's keen to pursue this. There are some difficulties with the national contracts on tags, and so what uh, Ollie Martins has do- been doing, and I think this is actually a, absolutely a, 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 a reason why PCCs have been brought in. What Ollie Ma- R. Martins is doing is, is challenging the Home Office on these contracts, and I wish him well in that. Uh, Anthony Stansfield, Thames Valley uh, Police uh, Police Crime Commissioner, uh, th- what do you think of his report? Is it much cop? It's it's glossy. Um, it's uh, unlike. Uh, Is that the best you can say? It's glossy. <laughs> well, I, I have to say that it it it's, it reads rather like um, a police authority report might have read two or three years ago. And it doesn't it, really say a lot, does it? it? It talks about a number of priorities: improving crime detection. Uh, rehabilitating prolific and persistent offenders, the sorts of things that you would in very broad terms expect to see in any plan. The, the, the difficulty I have with it is that it, it doesn't get down to 
uh, any degree of detail as to the initiatives that are going to be taken forward. So Ollie Martins very much talks about things like uh, GPS tagging, uh, so specific areas. Uh, uh, David Lloyd in Hertfordshire, uh, many specific areas. Indeed, you could argue that because he's pursued so many that he has a hostage to fortune in pursuing those and delivering on all of them. With Thames Valley, I suppose you could argue that, that it, it's doomed to succeed, quite simply because it's difficult to see where the detail is. For, for, you know, for, I've not read them all in great detail. I've got brief notes in front of me. Mr Martins and Mr Lloyd both come up with, with specific... Uh, projects they want to pursue and specific, specific things they want to try. Mr Stansfield, it's just reduce 50 cases of persistent antisocial behaviour, carry out 40 metal theft operations. It's all just a bit... It, it's all achievable, but it all just seems a little bit, a little bit vague, doesn't it? Uh, the test is going to be what happens with that report over the next few months. There, there's a number of areas where it says measures to be determined with local partners. Now, I can understand that PCCs, they've only been in office some very few months since November. Um, some of them may have found that they've not uh, had time uh, in, in, in that short time to put together the plan that they wanted. And if um, in uh, Thames Valley, it, it, uh, Anthony Stansfeld has found that he hasn't had the time to engage with partners as he would like, then there is an opportunity for him to do that uh, over the next few months. But the challenge, the real challenge for each and every one of them is going to be that there are going to be PCC elections in about three years' time. And unless they get on with uh, implementing some uh, improvements, then it's going to be very difficult for the electorate to see what they've actually done in their term. Bernard, thank you very much. Bernard Ricks uh, from Bedfordshire, an advisor to the police, and he's written several reports for the Home Office on policing. Right. Let's get the travel news now with Brooke Burford. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The congestion on the M25 anti-clockwise has got worse, I'm afraid. There are patchy delays starting from Junction 26 now at Waltham Abbey to 25 for Enfield. Once past that, 21 for the M1 to Junction 20 of Kings Langley. That's slow. And it builds up once again around Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 getting on for the M40. Now, I'm also looking at the A1 this morning. The A1 Watford Way into London. That's slow from Apex Corner to Mill Hill Circus. The A1 Great North Road heading south. That's queuing at the Black Cat Roundabout and going even further north at Peterborough. There are long delays on the A- the A1 northbound carriageway. The road is shut from Junction 17 for Fletton Parkway to the A47. As for recovery work to an overturn lorry and there's queues getting on to the diversion. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, have you done this, this class calculator on the BBC website? <laughs> I just have, yes. Oh. I, have. I, I overheard and I couldn't help myself. Can I, can I, I've come up as technical middle class and I'm, I'm, I feel a little bit cheated. I don't know really? any. I don't know. I, I don't know anybody who works in research, science, and technical fields. Yet it says I does. And I'm a. What What have you come up with? Well, who are I'm, you? Uh, apparently, I'm an emergent service worker. Oh, dear me! You're right down I, the bottom. I know. I, it felt pretty bad to be honest. I think I need to have a, like a cup of hot chocolate to make me feel better. Brooke, is there any, anyone there decent that can do the the travel for the rest of the show? <gasps> Ian. I'm just meaning class. I don't. You know. Have I crossed a line? Thanks very much. <laughs> oh, gosh, she's crying. No, no, quick, so Ollie, speak to her, please, for goodness sakes, before she files another complaint against me. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. We'll speak to you later on, right? 7.31 is the news and sport with Serena. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning. Health experts want people who miss hospital appointments to be fined. The problem, which is getting worse, cost the NHS over £20 million across the three counties last year. The three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later on today. The government, meanwhile, is launching a review into the use of police cautions in order to deal with criminal offences. And people want other action on dog owners who don't clear up their pets' mess in Prince's Ribsra. Reporter Justin Dealey will be live from there in the next half an hour. Stay listening for more on that. That's the news. Now let's move on to the morning sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In the Championship last night, then third place Watford won 1-0 at Hull, who was second place. Troy Deeney scored the winner for Gianfranco Zola's side. Here come Watford again. Deeney, lovely turn and shot and in! That's an excellent finish from Troy Deeney for Watford. Brilliantly taken. And it is Watford who've broken first here. It's Hull nil, Watford 1. Elsewhere in the Champions League, David Beckham started in midfield for Paris Saint-Germain as they drew two all at home to Barcelona in the first leg of their quarter-final tie. PSG twice had to come from behind to earn the draw, though. Manager Carlo Ancelotti was pleased by their display. Really good. It was not just a defensive play. I think that we tried to play. We played really well the first 30 minutes. After the score of Messi was really difficult, but we showed good character, a good attitude on the pitch. Turning to tennis and Laura Robson will take over from Heather Watson as the British number one next week after making a winning start at WTA event in Charleston. Finally, Ireland have begun their search for a new rugby union coach. It comes after Declan Kidney was sacked for finishing fifth in the Six Nations. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at eight. Thank you very much, Serena. 08459 555 This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up before eight, someone in Prince's Risborough got so annoyed with the amount of dog mess in the area, they graffiti, clean up your dog poo on the pavement. Well, Justin Dooley spent the morning in Prince's Risborough to find out how bad the problem is. 08459 455 555. Now, the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later today. Mick and Murray Philpot and their friend Paul Mosley were found guilty of manslaughter after starting the blaze in May last year. Five of the Philpott's children died in their home and the sixth from a previous relationship died in hospital. Well, our reporter Simon Thompson can tell us more. Good morning, Simon. Hi, Ian. Good morning. Simon, remind us of the, the, the tragic details of this terrible case. Yes, a very tragic story indeed. The jury at Nottingham Crown Court ending the eight-week trial yesterday with guilty unanimous decisions, verdicts against uh, Paul Mosley, the friend of Mick Philpott against Mill Phil- Mick Philpott as well, and uh, a majority verdict against Mairead Philpot. The five children all died in a house fire on the 11th of May, two, excuse me, 2012. Maraid, her son from a previous relationship, 13-year-old Dwayne, died later in hospital. And during the course of the eight-week trial, Mick Philpot uh, led an un- it emerged led a very unconventional lifestyle, both at the house in Derby and elsewhere, sharing the house with his wife and mistress. In all, he was father to 17 children by five different women. He was known locally as Shameless Mick for his lifestyle. He'd become a bit of a TV, uh, well-known celebrity, or not celebrity, but well-known appearances. He'd uh, appeared on the Jeremy Carl TV show because of his lifestyle. He'd also appeared in a TV documentary with former government minister Anne Widdicombe. And jurors heard that Philpott, though, had become violent and controlling towards his 
former live-in mistress Lisa Willis. She became unhappy with the domestic arrangements and she left three months before the fire. The jury was told he became obsessed with getting her and the kids back. A custody battle began. He concocted his plan to rescue the children from the fire, blame Miss Willis and be held the local hero. But of course the plan went very, very tragically wrong. Police suspicion quickly fell on the couple, didn't it? It did, because of his strange behaviour, both at the, the press conference to appeal for information, in the way that he was behaving with police, uh, in the morgue it seems as well, uh, and just generally his behaviour didn't add up. The police very quickly, of course, look at uh, those closest to any case before discounting them from their investigations. In the case of Mick Philpot, they really wanted to pursue this further. They bugged the hotel room where he and his wife were staying. The recordings picked him up, asking her at one stage, are you sticking to the story? to which the couple claimed in court it was simply because they didn't want the uh, uh, the court to know about their lifestyle but they were found with petrol traces on their clothing following the fire and of course what the police knew and the jury didn't until after the trial is that uh, Mick Philpott had been convicted in the late 1970s of stabbing a former girlfriend and had been sentenced to seven years in prison. What's been the reaction to the verdict Simon? Well, I think, as, as you hinted, in there are some stories, aren't there, that just really just, just shock everyone in society as a whole when they first emerge. And this is one of those stories. And in court, when the verdict were returned yesterday, Mick Philpott shook his head. He was led away from the dock and he turned towards prosecution lawyers saying it's not over yet. His wife was far more sedate. She looked down at the floor, fighting back tears while clutching a handkerchief. Professor David Cantor is an investigative psychologist at the University of Huddersfield. And he says, look, Mick Philpott really lived in a world where he thought he could get away with anything he generally believed that he was had been on television he'd become a bit of a sort of local celebrity he had this great sort of confidence that he really would get away with his plot uh, his local mp margaret beckett had met him when he tried to get a bigger house because of the size of his family she said he was the sort of person who gives compassion and public support a bad name and the newspaper headlines really sum up this case the express six angels killed by evil parents the mirror pure evil the, uh, the trio will be sentenced at about 10 o'clock this morning Simon, thank you very much uh, indeed. That's Simon Thompson, and he's, he, he did touch on some of the headlines here. Let's have a quick look. It's on most of the front pages. The Times, reckless and stupid, killer whose family died in blaze. Guardian, evil, stupid and shameful, P- uh, parents guilty of fire death. I mean, it really is just the most horrific story. The Daily Mail, vile product of Welfare UK. I think that's slightly unfair. But the, the headline that uh, has, uh, has got me is the front page of The Sun. Now, it uses a swear word. I'm not going to say the word, don't worry. I'm not going to say it. But if you go into a newsagent's today, you'll see this. Child killing B stabbed me 27 times, except the son uses the, the full word. Now, is, this is a quote from uh, a former partner of his, <clears throat> and uh, it, it, he, he probably is. He's a horrible man, this Mick Philpott. But, 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 I don't know if this is a step too far to put this on the front page of Britain's biggest daily newspaper. I wait 459 455 555. Well, Paul Conyu is uh, from St Albans, is a former deputy editor of the News of the World and the Daily Mirror. Paul, what do you make of, of this front page of The Sun? Is it a step too far? I think not, personally. Um, I think it, it's a word. There are two things here. One, it, it's the genuine quote of the former girlfriend who he stabbed over 20 times, more than 20 times. But also it reflects, I think, the feelings of, of most of the country. In fact, uh, the B word, if you don't want me to use it, I won't. But I mean, but this is a word in the dictionary anyway, and I, and I, and I think it, it, it's absolutely apposite. I'm sure the sun felt strongly about it 
you know, and we're obviously aware of the shocked factor there that some people will be offended, but I think, you know, the Sun is a big, bold, brush, tabloid newspaper, but I think on this occasion... It, I mean, I'm a, I'm a former editor of the Sunday Mirror as well, and if, I, and, if, and if I'd been sitting in the editor's chair on this occasion, I think I'd have thought very long and hard, but that it, uh, my decision would have been the same as the editor of the Sun's last night. We're going to play a slightly dangerous game in a second, Paul, but, so I, 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 I trust I can play this with you, because I know you'll, you understand the rules. Uh, but you, you say that, that it's just a word. And it is just a word, and I'm kind of, <clears throat> you know, I swear at home, and I, I use language like this. But on the front page of a newspaper, you say it's just a word, and the B word's okay. What about the S word? Would that have been okay? Because you could use that to describe him. Um, I think the S word, if if his former partner had used the S, uh, used the S, the S word, I think I would have used that too. The F and the C word, I th- I, I would still this this time hesitate from using and probably would not have used. But I but well, I that's think the where B I, word that's where I was heading to because and I'll say it one more time, then we'll move on. The C word, the the, the worst swear of all time. That's just a word as well. Do you see what I mean? It, 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 we've got this kind of uh, self-imposed rules of what what words would be okay and what yes, wouldn't. But, it, but, it, but, it, but, it, but if you're talking about children, for example, you know that uh, if taking history lessons, you may w- well learn about uh, the offspring of certain members, of, uh, certain historical kings in this country, and, you, and apply the, but, the the B word in its literal sense there. So I think I think there is I think there is I think there is a difference between you know the B word. And the F word and the C but word. The B word, know? and this is a fascinating discussion, and I, I, I do find these kind of talks wonderful to have. The B word isn't being used in its literal, true sense here, is it? It's not saying he's illegitimate. It's saying he's a nasty piece of work, which no, of course but, he but is. I think, but I do, but I do think, even if you go to the average school playground, even, even in this day and age, even at primary school, regrettably, but certainly at secondary school, then I think you'd hear this word used. So I don't, th- I don't. Think I think the the shock factor mm. is that great, now, and I think that I will have no hesitation this morning if um, when I collect the, pa- all my, the papers and if my if my, tw- if my thirteen year old and my ten year old glance at the front page of the Sun, they tend to look at look at the news online, and of course <laughs> their age, but but they sometimes glance at the paper. I would not. I would not. I would not sort of withhold them seeing the front page of the Sun. If, if the if the FOC word had been used instead, I probably would do. And I think there was a difference. My my boys are three and one, so they, they 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 wouldn't read this. But if I was out with my six year old niece and she can read and she would be able to read this, and she said, Uncle Ian, what what does that word mean? I would feel very uncomfortable with my six year old niece and my eight year old nephew seeing this. You know, just a, a couple of feet away from their Octonauts comics. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I, underst- I understand that, and I think, you know, and it would be a, a delicate conversation to to to, to actually have, but. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's it's a fine dividing line. Mm. But, I, but on this occasion, I don't think the sun uh, have crossed the have crossed the borderline. I think it, I, it probably is a first. I can't recall that word being used in a big bold front page headline before. Well, you could you could argue in a different way that although it's not a, not a headline, you know, the F word, for example, is often is often used matter of fact way in quotes in the Guardian, although not on not I'm not seeing it in front page headline. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's within the paper, though, isn't it, when it does that? And I think within, within, if this was inside the paper, because it is a quote from this woman and about this horrible man, if it had been inside the paper with smaller letters, then I think it would be appropriate. I, I, the Sun have done this to, to, to shock, haven't they? they? They've done it so that idiots like me will talk about it. 
Of course, I think they're shocked, but tabloid papers do shock, and mm. they are bra- and they are brash. And in the same in the same way that there was a de- there was a debate over whether papers were right or wrong to show the the death pictures of um, of Colonel Gaddafi, for example. In fact, so, you know, obviously there's there's a debate to be had. This, this is why you've called me for a comment, and mm. why you're, you're asking your your listeners to call in. And I'm sure you'll get you'll get a lively debate there from people, some who of whom will be offended, some who will think it's justified. You know. I, both, both as, 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 as a civilian and, and as a former editor and deputy editor of three national tabloid newspapers, who is now in PR, uh, you know, I think on this occasion, I I think the Sun were right. I think such a, this is such a horrific case. This this foul narcissist, you know, who mm. obviously gloried in you know in being on TV, etc. I think I think that there is no better a word than the, than that B word to sum him up. And I think most people feel that way and probably said it, said it to themselves and I think it, you know if, if, if the public but larger or, or many of them are saying it to themselves I think on this occasion it's such an extreme case that uh, putting on the front page of the sun I think is actually to use another B word a bold decision Paul uh, fascinating thank you for that Paul Conyu there from St Albans former deputy editor of the News of the World and the Daily Mirror I found that very interesting it, it, what's interesting is I can't say this word on it I, <laughs> Do you know what? I, I possibly could get away with it because it's on the front page of the newspaper. But I know that we have young ears listening to this, and I would rather not. I know that some people would complain and it would get cleared, but I would rather not because we've got young ears listening to this. But it does make me <clears throat> slightly uncomfortable. Uh, some of your comments on Facebook. Um, Matt says, I run a shop. I got my colleague to turn the paper to the sport, so the sport is showing instead. Not great journalism. Sheer Madness says, I also run a shop, always get the Sun and Daily Mail, but due to it being half-turn, we won't be buying the Sun today, only because the papers are on show by the toy box. And that's the thing, isn't it? I think um, uh, Paul there said that his kids were 13 and 11, something like that. And I think at that age, young teenagers, yes, you have to be able to introduce... They know all the swear words. They know more than I do, more than I'll ever know. And you do have to be able to have reasonable, grown-up discussions with them about bad language and what's appropriate. But six and eight-year-olds, five-year-olds, four-year-olds are going to see this. And don't think, you know, don't think for a second I'm taking away from the, the horror of the story. I'm not in any way defending anything that this gentleman has done. And there's a picture on the, on the, on the front page with, of, his, of six of his, you know, six kiddies. And, and you just think, oh, it's this, you know, these gorgeous little kiddies. And it's the saddest thing ever. But, but, but. 08459 455 555. What do you think? You, you offended by the front page of The Sun today? Or do you think, no, come on, fair play. Right, 7.45, here's the very classy Brooke Burfitt. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, thank you, Ian. Traffic is moving at about 13 miles an hour on the M25 anti-clockwise around Junction 24 for Potter's Bar, according to my speed sensors. It's not moving much better between 21 for the M1 to 20 for Kings Langley, and it's even worse around Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. It'll take about 20 minutes to get through there. At the A1 Watford Way into London, very, very slow from Apex Corner all the way to Mill Hill Circus. And the A1 Great North Road heading south is queuing at the Black Cat round about usual morning rush hour queues. Finally, there's just been a breakdown report in Clophill on the A507 Ampt Hill Road. It's partly blocking the road in both directions near the junction for Shefford Road and that's causing delays. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much. Morning, 7.46, Wednesday the 3rd of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Health experts want people who miss hospital appointments to be fined. It's something that cost the NHS over £20 million across the three counties last year. Mick and Murray Philpot, the couple convicted of killing their six children in a house fire in Derby, will be sentenced later this morning. In sport, Troy Deeney scored the winner for Watford, who won 1-0 at Hull last night. Coming up, someone in Prince's Risborough got so annoyed with the amount of dog mess in the garden they graffitied, clean up your dog poo! Well, our dog poo correspondent, Justin Delia, spent the morning in Prince's Risborough to find out how bad the problem is. We'll catch up with him before 8 o'clock. But now let's get the latest weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, it's a bright enough start to the day. We've got some sunshine out there as well. Um, it's not going to last for very long. I suspect it's going to turn really rather cloudy as we head through the rest of the morning and into the afternoon. So, yeah, back to that very raw, bitter feeling, not the sunshine that we saw yesterday, unfortunately. It was not going to last for very long, put it that way. Um, so turning cloudy first over parts of Hertfordshire, the sunshine lasting um, well into uh, the late morning, perhaps for parts of Buckinghamshire, but even here, clouding over later on in the day. Afternoon temperatures between 4 and 6 degrees Celsius um, for St Albans, for Luton and for Ellsbury as well. That's 43 in Fahrenheit. Now we're going to keep that bitter northeasterly breeze as well. It's reasonably light at the moment, you know, it's still there, but it is going to pick up again into the afternoon. So of course with the wind chill then it certainly is going to feel a lot colder than those air temperatures would suggest once more. So no change particularly from what we were seeing a bit earlier on through the week and the weekend and for what seems like forever now. Uh, but then this evening and overnight, uh, still cloudy, temperatures down to just below freezing, I suspect. Um, we may just see one or two wintry flurries as well as we head through the evening. Always possible. Nothing significant, of course. And then into tomorrow, more of the same. Just cloudy, very cold, the bitter northeasterly wind still going on. By the time we get to Friday, it's a little bit more of a northerly, allowing for a bit of brightness and some sunshine to develop. And then by the time we get to the weekend, it is good news because the wind will drop out and that's going to make it feel an awful lot better a little bit more spring-like although we're still in the cold air but that's going to change into next week we will see those temperatures pick up back to where they should be at this time of year across the three counties it is good news but unfortunately i think it's going to turn quite wet at times as well ian sorry about that thanks very much elizabeth Scott has reminded me of a headline from about 20 years ago. It was the front page of The Star, another classy newspaper, that used the B word. Kick this evil B out. Who were they talking about? About 20 years ago, just under, maybe about 18 years ago, who were The Star talking about when they said, kick this evil B out? It was the front page of their newspaper. I'll tell you after this. On Saturday, there's a specially extended three-county sport. We've got three live games all kicking off at three o'clock. Curler by Bowditch. 2-0. MK Dons versus Crawley. Stevenage away to Portsmouth. And it's tucked into the net. And it's Max Aimer who's just popped up. And Luton's trip to Gateshead. Andre Gray to give Luton hope and give Luton a lifeline. Then at 5.20, live commentary on Watford at home to Cardiff. Deeney with the shot. Deeney finds the corner. Three Counties Sport, Saturday from 2 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Anyone know? About 18 years ago, the star uh, ran a front page headline, kick this evil bee out. 
Who are they talking about? I'll tell you what, I'll ask Justin Dealey in a second because uh, he might have uh, a clue and uh, Justin's up next because y- you might get frustrated with the amount of dog mess in parks and public places where you live. I've, I've never liked it. You know, th- there's the slightly simplistic side of when you stand in it and it's just all over your shoes and you can't scrape it out. There is a more important health issue, of course. Well, one resident was so angered by the problem in Prince's Risborough, they graffiti clean up your dog poo where Berryfield Road joins the avenue. They wrote it on the pavement. Well, the town council say they're getting an increasing number of reports from the football clubs in the area who say they're having to clear the pitches before they can play. Earlier on in the show, I spoke to John Pusey, the vice chairman of the Risborough Rangers Football Club. 40 years ago, I lost my eyesight, um, uh, my left eye, uh, through um, dog's mess. Um, What happened was a dog had licked my face, so a consequence of coming from dog mess... Uh, I lost the sight in my left eye, so it is a major thing for me. Because we, I, I've all, I always thought this was a slight myth that, that dog poo can make kids go blind, but this this actually happens to you. It's, it's a definite fact. Yeah, it happened to me forty years ago. I've been living with it, hindered the first twenty years of my life, and here I am now. Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine now, for me. You you clear the dog mess from Wade's Park before your team play, don't you? Yes, every week. Uh, myself and my other coaches, we're all, uh, we get down there at 8am, we uh, scan the whole area of the Wades Park and we must collect between 5 and 15 poos every Saturday morning. 5 and 15 poos every Saturday morning. Well, Justin Dealey has been down in Prince's Risborough this morning, checking out the issue. Justin, have you collected between five and 15 poos this morning? <laughs> Thankfully, I haven't. Good I mean, I, I know the town council knew that we were coming this morning. Uh, make of that what you want. Um, I've been talking to Anna Preble. Anna is a local dog trainer. Now, she says that the dog poo in Prince's Risborough is not a major problem. I spoke to Anna around 15 minutes ago, and this is what happened. Well, Anna, first of all, who's this cute little fella? This little man is Marky. He's 14 and a half and is one of the abuse dogs that I've taken in recently um, having been sort of neglected and starved so he's now doing really well and looking very happy yeah, very happy very gorgeous as well very cold. he's been <laughs> he's been on a 45 minute walk this morning around Princess Risborough yeah. what have you seen have you seen lots of dog mess already this morning I've seen some I haven't seen you know mega amounts of it there is some in the hedgerows there are some people who need to be trained who need to be disciplined for not picking up but in general from what i can see most people are so the problem is being blown out of proportion here possibly um you always get the non-dog owners who don't like to see any and you can also get the mothers with the small children it's not pleasant. I mean, we shouldn't see any. You're a dog trainer. You're training people to be responsible dog owners. But, of course, some people just don't listen, do they? No, they don't. You are always going to get the people who don't listen, who refuse to do anything about it, and who will not pick up at all. Those are the people who need to be caught and who need to be sorted out. 90% of the people I meet are responsible. Nearly every dog owner I've met is carrying a poo bag. And they pick it up. Do you think, and, and Ian was talking about this earlier on, do you think if somebody is caught with their dog, Princess Risborough or anywhere else in Bedsarts and Bucks or across the UK, mm-hmm. they're caught with their dog and they're not picking up their mess, should that dog be taken off the owner? Because clearly they're not a responsible dog owner, are they? I think that's a bit drastic. Removing the dog from an owner because they didn't pick up the mess. But how do we solve it then? 
certainly the fine system seems to work. Um, I saw recently a programme where local residents invested in CCTV and they monitored a particular point where they thought there was a problem, saw people who continually did not pick up, took the, took the tapes to the police, and the police prosecuted. So that's what they need here then, in Princess Risborough, more CCTV? Quite, quite possibly. I mean, it seemed to work for these particular people in that particular area. Um, people then stopped doing it. You know, a couple of prosecutions and people went, ah, stop. And they didn't, they sorted the problem out. Okay, and just lastly, you've seen um, a few dog poos this morning here at Princess Frisborough. Uh, if you ever see an owner who doesn't pick up after their dog, how angry does that make you feel? It does make me really annoyed because that one person is blighting so many others of us that we are responsible. You know, we walk down the road, we're getting dirty looks because people think, oh, you're, not, you're the one not picking up. Not true. Most of us are. Would you ever stop somebody and say, oi, what do you think you're doing? I have done. And what's I happened have next? Them. I have had everything from, oops, I've forgotten my bag, <clears throat> to which I've pulled one out of my pocket and given them one. Well, that was uh, Justin Dealey uh, in Prince's Risborough. We can go now to Arthur Edwards, who's been the chair of Prince's Risborough Community Association for four years. Morning, Arthur. Good morning. Arthur, how bad is the dog boo in Prince's Risborough? Well, well, I walk around the town every day, um, and I have to say, for the last week or two, it's been less evident. Oh. But prior to that, it has been appalling. And I heard you mention on a, a previous uh, clip there that Berryfield, Avenue, uh, Berryfield Road and the Avenue were bad. Well, in actual fact, the retreat is, was even worse than those two roads. Um, but ha having walked around the town yesterday, uh, most recently, um, it, it certainly seems to have improved. What are the residents saying, Arthur? Uh, I haven't actually had comments directly from other residents. Uh, it's just my own observations mm. in walking around the town. And uh, I, I have been a dog owner for many years. I've had dogs for 25 or 30 years, and it's only in the last seven years that I've not had a dog. Uh, but I still walk the same route, and I do see other dog owners uh, without uh, apparently any poop scoops or bags. Um, not to say they haven't got one in their pocket, but I used to carry a plastic scoop around uh, with a bag so that my dog, uh, you know, didn't leave its mess around. Arthur, if you saw someone not picking up their dog's mess, would you confront them? Uh, yes, I, I would uh, hope to. Uh, obviously, it uh, depends on the individual, uh, but uh, I think I would approach them and uh, hopefully say things in the right way and hope that they would respond in the right way. Arthur, thank you very much indeed. Arthur Edwards uh, has been the chair of the Prince's Risborough Community Association for four years. Well, Wickham District Council sent us this statement. We provide nearly 200 dog waste bins across the district, complemented by those provided by town and parish councils. As it's not practical to provide bins in all locations, it is still the owner's responsibility to take uh, to clear up and take their dog waste home if there isn't a bin nearby. At this time of year, bins are emptied three times a week. Well, what would you do, dear listener? You see someone not picking up their dog's mess... What would you do? Would you go and have a word with them? Would you confront them? 08459 four double five five double five. Uh, if you want to... Justin, are you still there? We've lost... OK, well, I will reveal after eight o'clock who the, uh, the gentleman was. And it is a gentleman that 20 years ago, on the front page of the Daily Star, they ran the headline, Kick This Evil Bee Out. It's in uh, reference to the front page of The Sun today where they've used the B word. I just find it a little bit shocking and... 
It's a horrible, horrible story. I'm not taking anything away from the story. Uh, this gentleman, Mick Philpot, isn't he? He is a bee, of course he is. But uh, I don't know if I want to see it on the front page of my newspapers. This paper will, will be in newsagents next to the comics. It'll be on the... Uh, it'll be on buses. It'll be on trains. 08459 455 555. Am I overreacting? Or do you think the sun have maybe crossed a line? After the news at eight, I'll tell you who was referred to as an evil bee on the front page of the Star 20 years ago. Here's Brooke Burfitt. Beds, hearts and bugs travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 is busy this rush hour, particularly on the southbound stretch between Junction 12 at Flitwick to 10 for the M1. A breakdown in Clip Hill on Ampthill Road is partly blocking the road in both directions to the junction for Shefford Road. That is causing delays on the approach. The A1 Great North Road, that's queuing at the Black Cat roundabout. Over in Stevenage, Broad Hallway, I'm seeing that as very uh, slow on my cameras between the football ground to the A1M. The M25 anti-clockwise has patchy delays this morning from Junction 26 Waltham Abbey to 16 for the M40. And looking at the A1 A1 as well, the A1 Watford Way into London. It's queuing from Apex Corner to Mill Hill Circus, and that's looking very busy on my camera. Sorry. Brooke, have, have a big three. Brooke, have a big <sighs> cough. Go and clear your throat. Okay, better. You've, have, you, have you finished? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've finished. Excellent. We'll have a glass of water by you next time. We'll speak to you later Thank on, you. Brooke. Thank you very much indeed. We'll speak to Brooke in 15 minutes. 08459 455 555. The front page of the sun. A step too far. We'll discuss it more after the news with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, the headlines. People missing appointments cost local NHS millions. More needs to be done to get rid of dog poo in a Buckinghamshire town. And Watford jumped to third. BBC Three Counties Radio. Health experts want people who miss hospital appointments to be fined. The problem, which is getting worse, cost the NHS over £20 million across the three counties last year. Luton has nearly doubled the number of people failing to attend compared to other primary care trusts locally. These people in Buckinghamshire say action needs to be taken. But wasting other people's time that have got to wait for an appointment that really need it. They're wasting it. People think they're going to have to actually pay, then um, that would change things dramatically. Well, Peter Gibson from the Lister Hospital in Hertfordshire says people don't even have reasons or excuses for not turning up. They just forget or they don't want to. We have to push them very hard. Is this an appointment you really need to keep? Ultimately, if people won't you know, keep appointments, then we won't offer them in future unless we have information from their GP that this is really needed. And stay listening as Ian Lee will be speaking to the Chief Operating Officer at Milton Keynes Hospital straight after this bulletin here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Turning to other news and the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later on. Mick and Muraid Philpot and their friend Paul Mosley were found guilty of manslaughter after starting the blaze in May last year. Now, people are angry that not enough's being done to clean the dog mess around Princess Risborough. One resident was so angered that the graffitied clean up your dog poo on the pavement where Berryfield Road joins the avenue. John Pusey, the vice chairman of the Risborough Rangers Football Club, knows only too well how lethal the excrement is. 40 years ago, I lost my eyesight, um, uh, my left eye, through a dog's mess. And what happened was a dog had licked my face, so a consequence of coming from dog mess, uh, I lost the sight in my left eye so it is a major thing for me 
The energy firm SSE has been given a record fine by the industry regulator for prolonged and extensive mis-selling of gas and electricity. Customers were given misleading information and told they would save money even when some were worse off. After electing separate police and crime commissioners to oversee the police forces across beds, hearts and books, they finally published their plans. In Hertfordshire, David Lloyd wants the offender to pay for their crimes. In Bedfordshire, it's all about crime prevention. Whilst in the Thames Valley, Anthony Stansfeld has specific goals about what he wants to see achieved. And a new model for defining social classes to be launched today, based on a survey of more than 160,000 people. Sociologists argue there are now seven different class groups that are relevant today, rather than the traditional three of upper, middle and lower class. And in the sport championship, Watford are now just a point behind second place Hull. That's after they won 1-0 against Steve Bruce's side at the KC Stadium last night. Where they're going to have a few little bright spells around, not too many though. Feeling still cold temperatures of 6 degrees Celsius, 43 in Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm here every morning between six and nine. I say every morning, weekdays, of course. Let's not let's not get carried away here. I need some kind of life. Lots coming up between now and JVS at nine o'clock, including should you be fined if you miss a hospital appointment? Well, almost 240,000 appointments were missed in the three counties last year, and it's costing the NHS a fortune. I'll be speaking to the Chief Operating Officer at Milton Keynes Hospital to find out what they're doing to tackle the problem. As you've heard, the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later today. It's the story on the front page of most of the newspapers. The the, the thing that grabs me, apart from this story being absolutely horrific, is the sun. Their front page uses a swear word. How appropriate do you think it is? Would you mind if your children saw it? And someone in Prince's Risborough has got so annoyed with the amount of dog mess in the area, they've graffitied, clean up your dog poo. What would you do if you saw someone's dog fouling? Would you make them pick it up? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very quickly, the answer to the question, the Sun uh, used, the front, uh, used the word B, the B word, on the front page in uh, regards to Mick Philpot, who is a, a horrible, horrible person. And the question was, 20 years ago, the Star had the front page headline, Kick This Evil B Out. Who were they referring to? It was the rap singer Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Well, there you go. Now, there may have been times in the past where you've forgotten to cancel a hospital appointment. Or maybe you couldn't make it because something else came up. Well, people who've missed their appointments in the three counties last year have cost the NHS over £20 million. It's just in the three counties, £20 million. Almost 240,000 appointments were missed in just one year. It's estimated each one costs the NHS around £100. Well, Luton has nearly doubled the average of missed outpatient appointments compared to other health trusts in the three counties. And the figures come from the Department of Health. So what do you think should be done? Should people be fined if they miss appointments? Our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been out and about getting your reaction. Justin. Oh, Justin, are you there? No, we seem to have... uh... Justin, are you there? Yes, 
No, we've lost Justin. Well, Justin has been out and about getting your reaction. And this... Oh, Justin, are you there now? Hello, Ian. Sorry, Justin, we lost you for a second. Yes, you've been speaking to people. What's the overall vibe amongst people out there? Well, I can't believe that figure of £20 million. um, Just staggering. I was outside the Luton and Dunstable Hospital yesterday getting people's views on missed appointments and and whether there should be a fine in place. Uh, Most people had the same opinion. This is what people had to say. Glynis, you have firm views on this. People should definitely be fine, as far as you're concerned. Can you tell us why? That's wasting other people's time that have got to wait for an appointment that really need it. And if you don't turn up because you don't even phone or anything, then it's just wasting other people's time and they desperately need their appointments. Anybody who's not ill and they make no effort at all to phone the hospital, are those people just rude and arrogant? Yes, they are. They wouldn't like it done to themselves, so they shouldn't do it to anyone else. Does it make you feel quite angry? It does, yeah. Yeah, quite upsetting. Madam, again, you think people should be fine. Can you tell us why? Um, I think it's unfair on other people that are always on time or early for their appointments and they're taking up valuable time that other people need, especially if they're in an emergency or, you know, they're very ill or they, you know, seriously need the appointment, then they're wasting it. People think they're going to have to actually pay, then um, that would change things dramatically, I think. Hit them in the pocket and then it will make a difference. Definitely, definitely. Russell, what's your views then, sir? Well, if the people don't turn up and they've got a legitimate reason, then I think a fine might be a little bit harsh. But um, if there is not a good reason, then it is a waste of everybody else's time that might really need an appointment, who's waiting desperately for one. Well, madam, you just come out of the hospital from your appointment. You made it on time. Those that that don't turn up and give no notice at all, should they be fined? Yes, definitely. Well, it's very irresponsible anyway. Um... And most of the time you know that you're not going to be able to make it for some reason, even if it's last minute, if you're really sick or something. But um, people are just careless, just careless. Sometimes they forget um, and they should be fine, yeah. I mean, is this a UK thing right now? Have we almost lost our manners in this country? Um, Yes, I think we have. If you have an appointment with anybody, it's usually good manners to cancel it, but everyone seems to take the the uh, national health for granted they don't matter it doesn't matter you know they'll see me next time and it's irresponsible and bad mannered i think they should yes definitely and tell us why like at my dentist you have to give 48 hours notice to cancel otherwise you're going to have to pay you know but i I think 48 hours is a bit too you know because anything could happen 48 hours but yeah but most places are you know we have to pay for our dental thing if we miss it so yeah Justin Dealey reporting there. Well, Darren Leach is Chief Operating Officer at Milton Keynes Hospital. Good morning, Darren. Good morning. Darren, why do you think so many patients fail to cancel if they can't make their appointment? Um, I think there are a range of reasons. Some patients are um, unwell on the day. Um, Let's not forget, many people, if they're referred to a hospital consultant or a specialist nurse, sometimes have you know, uh, very serious underlying medical conditions that could exacerbate at any point. And most patients uh, do ring us and uh, tell us, um, often at short notice, unfortunately, in those circumstances. Um, But obviously we still have at Milton Keynes, despite having had quite a lot of success in the last year or so at reducing this issue, we still do have patients who, um, one reason or another, uh, don't turn up. You say you've been having success, Darren. What have you been doing to try and combat this problem? Um, Well, we've done a number of things, and we've tried to tailor the approach um, to different types of patients. So, for example, most patients will receive a reminder call about their appointment, 
Um, that, in some circumstances, is an automated um, reminder call. But for particularly vulnerable patients, elderly patients, and uh, anyone identified by our doctors and nurses, they will receive a personal call from one of our uh, members of staff. Um, if we don't get a response to the automated call, um, then we um, we often uh, then ring the um, patients ourselves as well. So we've a dedicated team of staffing and outpatients, um, and they liaise very strongly with uh, patients. We also um, don't tend to book. We have a system where we don't. We've changed our system. We don't tend to book patients in months and months in advance for appointments um, because, as some of your uh, respondents in that just before this were saying often patients are a little you know uh, can be forgetful at times or a little careless the letter gets attached to the kitchen calendar or whatever and then covered over so we're, we're trying to hit this a number of ways book the appointments in a timely fashion and send reminders out uh, in future we are considering a text messaging service for some of the um, uh, patients but we're just working through the implications and Darren, can I read you um, some of a text from Gary in Luton? And, and, and maybe you can clear this up. Gary says, The fact is, no money is lost through missed appointments as the hospital staff would be there anyway. Is, is that true? Well, the doctors and nurses who are there um, are not treating the patient. Mm. Um, and therefore, it is inefficient use of taxpayers' money. There's no doubt about that. Now, clearly, we try our best to fill those vacant slots with urgent patients and uh, clinics finish early our clinicians are a very dedicated team they will often um, you know start ward rounds and other duties early so it's not that they're often sitting around doing nothing but there is a wasted opportunity cost um, without a doubt mm. Darren, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Darren Leach, Chief Operating Officer at Milton Keynes Hospital. Not the best line in the world there, but let me just read the rest of Gary uh, in Luton's text. Uh, The people of this country are being brainwashed into wishing fines on people for any reason. The fact is no money is lost through missed appointments, as the hospital staff would be there anyway. Well, I think um, Darren put a a good defence of that line, Uh, Gary. Do they offer me compensation when I turn up for a 10 o'clock appointment? I'm not seen till 12. If somebody fails to turn up, there's normally someone else there who'll take your slot. Repeat offenders should go to the bottom of the waiting list. Stop trying to fleece us out of money at every turn. The extortionate rates they charge for TV and parking at hospitals should more than cover any so-called losses. Uh, and Debbie says, I was waiting for an appointment I never received. I didn't know they'd sent it until I got one asking why I didn't attend. You can also get an appointment through for six months in advance that will be easy to forget because of the waiting time. I, I've had that, where you, you, you can book an appointment for six months' time. Could, could we do it nearer the time? Could you send me it? No, if you put, put it in now. And suddenly you open your diary. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm supposed to be at the hospital in an hour's time. 08459 455 555. A lot of you have been having your say. About the front page of The Sun, this uh, terrible story about Mick Philpot, who has been found guilty of manslaughter of uh, his six kiddies. And there's a picture of the kiddies there. And I, I, I think it's appropriate to, to remember that the human side of this, the, the, the real story is six children have been killed by their dad. And there are pictures of these, these kids and, you know, terribly, terribly sad. I don't particularly want to focus on that. I believe JVS may be focusing slightly more on Mick Philpot after nine o'clock. He'll come and tell us in a few minutes. The thing that's... Um, <clears throat> that I want to look at this morning is the front page of The Sun, where it's got a quote from a lady who had a relationship with Mr Philpot uh, uh, several years ago. The front page of The Sun, and it's a huge front page, is they've, they've covered the whole page, OK? 
Sometimes they do half a page and the other half will be a lady in her bra or something. This is the full front page. Child killing B stabbed me 27 times, except they use the B word. Now, Mick Philpot is this. He's a lot worse than this. But I don't know if I want my newspapers to have that word in huge letters, inch high letters, on the front page. I think we're probably the only country in the world that would allow this, aren't we? I can't, I can't, I can't imagine an American newspaper allowing this at all. I can't think anywhere in Europe that would, would particularly allow it. We, we must be the only country that would allow this. And the thing is, even if this paper is folded in half, that's still the word that sticks out. Quite often you're in a news agent, the paper's folded in half, so you can't see the bottom. That word's in the top half. And the, the, the sun is next to... The Octonauts comic and Postman Pat comics in newsagents. I know, because I go and buy the blooming Octonauts comic every couple of weeks for my boy. He loves it. Is it appropriate to have swear words on the front page of newspapers like this? 08459 455 555. Jamie says, yeah, it's appropriate for that picture. Dean says, no, not at all. Another reason why, I, why I'll never buy this comic. Joke of a newspaper and embarrassment to the UK. Nick says, the Sun have a track record for being inappropriate. Look at page three, still being in it in 2013. And Yvonne says, part of me wants to say it's just a word, but overly emotive journalism gets my goat. Facts only, please. Well, what do you think? Am I being a little bit too sensitive about this? I'm just aware I've got two boys, three and one. I've got a niece and nephew, eight and five, eight and six, I think. I, I, they would be able to read this. They would go, Uncle Ian, what does that word mean? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Eight fifteen now. Travel news is Brooke Burford. Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, starting with the A1 Great North Road, that's queuing at the Black Cat roundabout. Usual morning congestion here. The M1 is slow on the southbound stretch between Junction 12 at Flitwick to 10 for the M1. The breakdown in Clip Hill on Amptill Road has now been uh, moved and traffic is moving much better through there. And Stevenage Broadall Way is busy between the football ground and the A1M. And the M25 anti-clockwise, there are patchy delays between Junction 26 at Waltham Abbey to 25 for Enfield. That's slow. And it's taking traffic about 25 minutes to get through from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to 15 for the M4 and further into London the A1 Watford Way is queuing from Apex Corner all the way to Mill Hill Circus that's looking very busy on my cameras Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Brooke Morning, it's 8.16 uh, It's Wednesday the 3rd of March, I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio Health experts want people who miss hospital appointments to be fined It's something that cost the NHS over £20 million across the three counties last year the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later today. In sport, Watford move a step closer to automatic promotion after beating Hull 1-0 last night. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, a few bright spells but generally rather cloudy and cold. Maximum temperature is 6 degrees. Coming up before 8.30, the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later today. The stories on the front page of most of the newspapers, including The Sun, who use quite a strong swear word. How appropriate do you think that is? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Every weekday morning from nine. The JVS Show. With the biggest questions. Today on The Big Phone-In, I'm asking, would you support some dog breeds being removed from this country? Should traffic wardens be more lenient? Would the government be right to drop the minimum price for alcohol? And the biggest opinions. I think the tax is completely unfair. It doesn't matter how old they are or how young they are. They're still your children. It doesn't matter whether it's male or female or what. I'm disgusted with the people that... You should have cut them people off. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine. On BBC Three Counties Radio. I've... I've started... You have a slurp. I've started following you on Twitter again, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. It's it's a trial period. I don't like the picture you're using. I've changed the picture. Have you? I've changed it this morning, yes. Thank goodness. It was, it was for those who missed it, uh, my Twitter profile, at Henley, was a picture of Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Well, you claim it was you gurning. I think it was you trying to sing. That's, I'm sure that was the, the no, scene when you... No, I was pulling funny faces at you the other day. I don't remember that. I just thought I just took a snap of my mate, Jonathan <laughs> Vernon-Smith. That's all. Um, I enjoyed your show thoroughly yesterday. Oh, thanks very much. Uh, particularly the, the, the poor old lady who'd spent £108.20 on topping up her mobile phone. Yes. And they only gave her 54 quid back. Yes. I, do you know what? I had my phone in my hand... And I very nearly texted in, I'll pay the 54 quid. Oh. Then I put the phone down. I thought better of it. You thought yes. I, uh, yeah, I thought yes. But um, it was a very, very sad story. Right. Well, I'm pleased that it engaged you and it tugged at those heartstrings. <laughs> They're in there somewhere, aren't they? <laughs> you're so cold. <laughs> you're so cold and you're so cold. Now, the reason I mentioned following you on Twitter is because I do like the little glimpses I get into your life, including you sitting out on your luxury balcony. Yeah. Uh, Did you see the picture of my grandmother yesterday? No, I missed, I, I missed Hilarious. it. Really? Oh, I'll, I'll have There's nothing funnier than laughing at a 98-year-old. She was, she was having fun. What was she doing? Well, she was... Uh, I went to visit her in yep. her home yesterday. Yep. We had a cup of tea. And, uh, Does she make the tea or do you make the tea? No, I make the Good tea. Good lad, well done. And so I made the tea and I, I, I came back and she was... Um, she said, well, I'm a bit cold, I'm going to put my jumper on. So she started to put her jumper on and then once she got it over her head, she announced she couldn't remember how to put the rest of it on. So I did the natural thing. I said, wait there, let me take a picture <laughs> and share this with thousands of followers. <laughs> Oh, you're so wicked. She was laughing inside the jumper. Yes, she was like, but, but inside her body, she was so crying. There's a funny picture. And, uh, oh, I'll have a look at that. Yeah, have a look at that. Yeah. Have a look at it now. You'll love it, okay, honestly. You're, I, I want to see your reaction. How, how do I find... Hang on, I've got to get a look. Look, look at producers. Laura's getting, getting angsty because we've got <laughs> uh, guests. I'll have a look at it during the news. I will retweet it. Look, if you just click on oh, my for face... For goodness sakes, look, we've got guests. Look at my producer. It's worth it. Honestly, it's worth it. We're it's very funny. Go to the full profile. Yeah, it, be- it better be funny. Yeah, let's... Honestly, you'll like it. It's not going to be let down okay, okay i promise okay, you this where? will be the best picture you've seen today i'm having a couple with my 98 year old grandmother in a home she says she's forgotten how to put a jumper on let's have a little look at the picture here it comes slow internet it's not working what do you mean it's not working it's not working i can't get the blooming picture to work you are joking oh, it doesn't oh, for goodness sakes you've just killed my show there you've wasted minutes well while i'm telling everyone about the phone and see if you can get it up i'll see if i can get it to work. now you, you're, you're talking about this this uh, horrible it, character it, uh, is, Mick it, he's a horrible character i i interviewed him twice oh twice i didn't realize it was at, twice at a uh, former radio station uh for, well the first time i interviewed him live and the second time i had to do it pre-recorded because of the awful word he called me on air when when i spoke to him live oh really terrible oh, it, oh look my producer's just found the picture for you oh. 
That is very funny. Isn't it funny? That is very funny. Your poor Nan. Your poor Nan. <laughs> anyway, we've got much more serious things <laughs> to talk uh, about. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I interviewed this chap yep. uh, a few years ago, and um, I was interviewing him. At the time, I think he had 15 children, right. and he was, he was saying that he wanted a bigger council house. So I had him on the show, and uh, he was talking about the fact that he had a Mitsubishi Shogun on his drive, and he had 15 children. He needed a bigger council house for all of his children. And, of course... My listeners went absolutely berserk and they were saying he needs to get a job mm. and he took great exception to this and said, I don't need to get a job at all. Any of you who complain, you're just jealous, he said. Mm. Well, of course, now we have seen how this dreadful situation has spiralled completely out of control and Mick and Mairead Philpot, who did kill six children in their house in Derby, they'll be sentenced for manslaughter at Nottingham Crown Court later. From nine this morning... I want to hear your views. What do you think should happen to Mick Philpot now? It, it's been determined that he was kind of the ringleader. He was mm. the one. He was, if you can call him this, he was the brains behind the operation, which doesn't say very much, does it? Mm. But I just wonder what you think should happen to this man now. I mean, I guess there are several alternatives. He could either go to prison for the rest of his life. Some people may feel that's the most appropriate uh, punishment for him. But. Hang on one second. This is a man who devised this plan Mm. um, as a way of making himself out to be a hero and getting his children back. He's clearly, psychologically, a little unhinged. Mm. So perhaps, actually, a secure hospital would be a better place for this man to go. Somewhere where he can be made to explore psychologically the things that are going on in his head and why he decided in any way this would be a good idea. From nine this morning, I want to hear your views. Someone on Twitter has already suggested that, he sh- that we should bring back hanging oh, just for one person. You'll, you'll get a few of those today. What do you think should happen to Mick Philpot now? It's the big story of the day. He's due to be sentenced and I want to hear your punishment suggestions for him from nine on 08459 Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's the story that everyone is talking about today. The three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later today. Mick and Murray Philpot and their friend Paul Mosley were found guilty of manslaughter after starting the blaze in May last year. Well, Jonathan, as you heard, will be talking about what should happen to Mick Philpot. Uh, but the thing that, that, that strikes me, this story obviously is hideous, and I'm not in any way detracting from this story. It's the front page of The Sum. It's on the front page of most of the newspapers, but the front page of The Sun uses a swear word, in big, bold letters. It's the B word. Well, is a swear word on the front page acceptable? Joining me now, I've got two guests, uh, Judy Reith, a parenting coach and the founder of parentingpeople.co.uk. Morning, Judy. Good morning. I'll come to you in a second. First of all, I want to speak to Paul McMullen, who's a former journalist from the News of the World. Paul, what do you think of this word being used on the front page of a newspaper? Is it acceptable? Uh, well, technically, you could say it's simply a description of a uh, child of unmarried parents. But it's not used in um, that context, is it? Well, exactly. I mean, it, while in the 50s, people may have used that. I mean, fewer and fewer people are, you know, marrying and having children, so it's got less of a stigma. And um, it turned into a swear word. I remember uh, supporting Crystal Palaces on, on the terraces when I was a child, and we used to chant, who's your father, who's your father... Who's your father? Referee, you're a B-word. Yes. Uh, so it, given that it was chanted in the terraces, I don't think it's it's not as bad as the F-word, which uh, historically, whenever you did an interview and a star would use that, I remember interviewing Liz Hurley once, and she said, 
oh, why don't you F and we star, star, star off. Yes. Uh, so, uh, but this particular word, I mean, actually, I, I think uh, given the choice, I would have chosen a word like scum uh, rather than... Because using, uh, using a B word, Paul, in, in, in the, the confines of a football stadium is, is one thing. Having it on the front page of a newspaper where it's going to be next to comics and toys and a newsagent and my six-year-old niece is going to see it, that's, that's not brilliant, is it? It's not, but like I say, I mean, it is simply a descriptive word that has turned into a swear word. Yeah, but but, it's, but it, is a, it is a swear word. It's how we perceive it. If you go back to the 12th century, it means a sword, you know. So it, 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 the words evolve, and it has become a, 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 a rather unpleasant word. Judy, what, what do you make of this on the front page of a newspaper? Well, I think that this, all of this is about adults behaving badly and children being the innocent victims of uh, seeing what's going on in the adult world, whether it's this uh, unpleasant word on the front page of The Sun or uh, the much bigger story, which is what uh, Phil, uh, the Philpot guy is like as a father. Um, I think it's really difficult for parents anyway because uh, every day we, we find ourselves having to explain the crazy and bad world of, of adults, whether it's children finding things online that uh, age inappropriate, uh, seeing things on newspapers, hearing adults talk to each other in ways that are harmful to little ears of children. It's a daily battle for parents um, and I'm on the side of the parents today. And this, this, this doesn't help, does it? It seems, I mean, that there is an instance of this word being used 20 years ago, but it, it does seem that, that, that we are crossing a new boundary, Judy. And I guess once we go past this, it's difficult to go back, isn't it? You can't put the genie back in the bottle. Well, um, it's part of our job as parents to be able to answer our kids' questions. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're a dad, but they throw fabulous questions at us all the time. You know, what does that mean? Um, why is that person upset? Why is that person rather fat, mummy? I mean, all sorts of things come at us every day from our children. Uh, and um, we have no control over at what point uh, those genies are going to be out or in because we can't control what goes on the front page of newspapers. So it's much more about empowering parents to be able to deal with what their kids are going to question. And, um, uh, well, I've got a fact sheet, if anybody wants it, about how to deal with difficult questions. Oh, send it to children. me. Send it to me, Judy. I need it, for goodness sakes. Yeah. My three-year-old boys drive me bonkers. You're Paul, welcome. Paul, do you think that the son is, is perhaps being a little bit too desperate here? Uh, yes, but I'd be, I mean, the whole point of your front page is to uh, grab people's attention. So they yeah. put their hand in their pocket and pull out 40p and buy it. So I would... I think if I saw that on a newsstand, because it's so unusual, I might actually buy it where normally I might have possibly bought the Daily Mail mm. or the Star, uh, or at least I would have glanced at it. Therefore, it will have extra impact and it might add a bit to their circulation. I mean, we won't know that until the figures come no. out in a couple of days. But, I mean, well, uh, it's got idiots like me talking about it, so it, it's worked, hasn't it? It, I mean, it has worked from uh, a purely commercial point of view, but like, actually, I find it oddly a little bit distasteful and uh, wouldn't have used it, because where do you go from here? I mean, you, you can only, you know, have an impact once, and uh, tomorrow, if they use the word again, then people are going to say, oh, not that old thing again. Mm. And funnily enough, my, uh, my auntie... Um, used to run a news agent and she would refuse to put the Sunday sport 
on on display, oh. and she would have every every Sunday she'd get two copies. She'd put them underneath the counter. No one would ever see them, and then she'd bag them up and send them back again. Paul, thank you very much for that, Judy. Very quickly, if people want to get this fact sheet on how to um, deal with awkward questions from children, how can they get in touch? Yeah, get in touch at parentingpeople.co.uk. Brilliant. I shall I shall be sending you an email later on. I've got a three year old boy. Man alive, it's hard work. Uh, G- Judy Reith was the last uh, voice you heard there. Parenting coach, founder of parentingpeople.co.uk, and the gentleman was Paul McMullen, a former journalist from the News of the World. Well, what do you think? Uh, mountain out of molehills, do you think? I, I mean, I'm still looking at this now. The sun, the front page of the sun, it's that, that word is there in all its glory. And uh, the, the sun is trying... I don't want to say they're trying to cash in on this tragedy, but it certainly feels like they're using it slightly... To, uh, well, I don't know. Of course they're using it to sell papers. That's the, that's the business of newspapers, isn't it? 08459 455 555. Right, nearly 8.30. Let's get the travel news with Brooke Burfitt. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bricketwood, North Orbital Road has the usual morning queues at the roundabout for the M25. Once onto the M25 itself, the anti-clockwise stretch has patchy delays between Junction 26 at Waltham Abbey to 25 for Enfield. That's slow. Further round, it's taking traffic about just under half an hour to get from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to 15 for the M4. Further north in Stevenage, Broadhall Way is busy in both directions between the football ground and the A1M. And the M1 is moving slowly on the southbound carriageway between Junction 12 at Flittick to 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. Now with the trains, East Coast trains are now reporting delays of up to an hour in and out of King's Cross because of overhead wire problems. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much. Time for the news and sport now. Here's Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Health experts want people who miss hospital appointments to be fined. The problem, which is getting worse, cost the NHS over £20 million across the three counties last year. Elsewhere, a former Bedfordshire teacher has been charged with sex offences dating back to the 1980s. Three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later on. And a man's currently on bail after robbing an 82-year-old of money he'd just withdrawn from a high street cash machine in Bedford. That's the news. Now let's move on to all the morning sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In the Championship then, third place Watford won 1-0 at second place Hull. That moves them within a point of Steve Bruce's side. Troy Deeney scored the winner for Gianfranco Zola's team. The Italian says it was a big win as they now look to secure automatic promotion. It was such an important thing to do then. You know, they're still in front, they still have the advantage, but uh, we keep the pressure on them. That's the important bit and... Uh, as I said, six games, they are tough. Uh, they will be tough, but uh, we're ready to fight for every single game. Let's take a look at the Champions League quarter-final last night and David Beckham started for Paris Saint-Germain as they held Barcelona to a 2 all draw in the first leg. Beckham insists they're still in the tie. You have to be ready to uh, to play football because, uh, you know, they play football per- you know beautifully. So, uh, you know, I think that we played really well tonight and uh, we have to go there with the confidence to uh, to win the game. Tennis now and Laura Robson will take over from Heather Watson as the British number one next week. It comes after making a winning start at WTA event in Charleston. Finally, the Leinster head coach Joe Smith is a strong favourite to become Ireland's new rugby union coach. The Irish IRFU sacked Declan Kidney yesterday for finishing fifth in the Six Nations. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at nine. 
Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, up at nine o'clock. It's going to be a cracking show this morning. Uh, but between now and nine o'clock, we're talking dog poo. We're talking the front page of The Sun. Some might say there is a direct link between those two topics. I couldn't possibly comment. But if you want to, 08459 455 555. If you want to have a quick look at the front page of The Sun, if you've not seen it, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. We've put it up there. It's got the B word on. And as a, as a dad, I think it is this thing, as you, as you become a dad or a mum, kind of your pink, you think, oh, it won't change me. I've, I've seen it change so many people. It won't change me. It does. It, 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 you, it can't help but change you and soften you and, and change your attitude slightly. And this front page of The Sun, I'll be honest, I think it's outrageous. I think it's terrible. Go and have a look at the Facebook page and then give me a call. Love to get your opinion on this. 08459. Four double five, five double five. You probably have a, an opinion about this as well, because you might be getting frustrated with the amount of dog mess in parks and public places where you live. It's flipping horrible. Well, one resident was so angered by the problem in Prince's Risborough, they graffitied, clean up your dog poo on the pavement where Berryfield Road joins the avenue. The town council say they're getting an increasing number of reports from the football clubs in the area who say they're having to clear the pitches before they can play. Well, earlier on, I spoke to John Pusey, the vice chairman of the Risborough Rangers Football Club. 40 years ago, I lost my eyesight, um, uh, my left eye, uh, through um, dog's mess. Um, what happened was a dog had licked my face, so a consequence of coming from dog mess, uh, I lost the sight in my left eye, so it is a major thing for me. Because we, I, I've all, I always thought this was a slight myth, that, that dog poo can make kids go blind, but this, this actually happens to you. It's, it's a definite fact, yeah, it happened to me 40 years ago, I've been living with it hindered the first 20 years of my life and here I am now, yeah, it's fine. I'm now, fine for me. You, you clear the dog mess from Wade's Park before your team play, don't you? Yes, every week. Uh, myself and my other coaches, we're all, uh, we get down there at 8am, we uh, scan the whole area of the Wade's Park and we must collect between 5 and 15 poos every Saturday morning. Yeah, BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. Well, Claire Louise Nixon is a dog trainer from Milton Keynes and joins me now. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. What do you think about dog owners not clearing up their dog's mess? Oh, I think it's disgusting and I think I do agree with the gentleman. It has got worse. Um, I think it's a bit like with society letting their dogs run loose and um, you, the, the attitude that people have got about dogs, the, you know, when they're having these certain breeds of dogs where they want them to look hard and everything, and they believe it's not their responsibility to clear up the dog mess. Um, I was t- telling you, we were talking about it a few minutes ago, and I was saying oh, if I see someone um, dog foul and they don't clear it up, I always have poo bags on me. All my dog's leads have poo bag holders, and they're filled with poo bags. And I would go up to them, and, and I'd just make a light of it and say, oh, you must have forgotten your poo bags, or you find out they've done more than one poo when you've gone out for a walk, and give them one. Because, and hopefully they, it will... Because I've done it in a nice way, uh, not an aggressive way, and you just make light of it, they go, oh, yeah, 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 and they go and pick it up. Do they always go, oh, yeah, 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 Claire, or do they tell you to jog on? No, I haven't had anybody jog on. If they did, then I would just clear it up myself anyway, because uh, I've got so many dogs myself anyway, people would automatically think it was one of my dogs, and I just wouldn't want to be classed in that category. So I do think we should have more... um, I was thinking where that gentleman's um, football pitch is. I do think the council should put up more poo bins. 
I in some ca- some councils, uh, I read, are taking poo bins down because, it, you know, with cuts and everything, they cost a few quid to maintain. Oh, it's ridiculous because then we're going to have even more of a problem because these people are... Because if you ever go past a... I don't know if you've ever looked in or go past a poo bin... I've not looked are, in, a, in a poo bin, no. No, if you do go past a poo bin, 99% of the um, time they are completely full. Right, um, no, I'm not going to look at it. people are using them. So, like myself, you know, if you're a dog, dog walker, then you will see, you, you'll yeah. know where all the poo beans are. I'm very, very lucky where I am. Yeah. Um, they, I've got, like, three very close to hand, so you, you just can't miss putting your poo in the uh, poo bin. And that is near a park, because yeah. you come out the entrances, yeah. there's yeah. poo bins there straight away. So there's no need for them. And another big thing is where you see people who have put their dog poo in poo bags, and then they just leave them on the floor there. They, they, so they do what? They put the poo in the poo bag and then put it on the floor? Yeah, and leave it there. Preposterous. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. I know. But do you actually go around clearing up other dogs' poo-poos? Yeah, I do. And when mm. I'm taking my dogs for a walk, yeah, I do. Because cause people just think, oh, you know, see you with a lot of dogs, and they oh, it must be one of hers, so yeah. I just go around clearing it up. It's are, so much easier. Are you married, Claire? Yes, I am. What, what, what does your husband think about your obsession with poo? <laughs> <laughs> He's a senior officer at Woodhill Prison, so he oh. deals with it with some other kind. Oh dear! Oh, Claire! No! <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me! Can <laughs> any? I don't want to pursue that line of thought, although no, I'm tempted. No, no, but trust me, you know, can... uh, humans can be a lot worse than uh, dogs. Yeah, yes. I okay. mean, these dogs, when oh, they're going, yes. it's not their fault. They no, can't uh, clear it up, okay. can they? It's down to the humans who own the dogs yes. who've got to clear it up. What What happened to your neighbour whose dog would would poo everywhere? Oh, we've got we've got a lovely, a fantastic story. Um, one of the neighbours, um, they were pooing outside because you know when you meet when you're a dog trainer, you do meet other people and they hear about little stories. And they were constantly pooing outside their house. This is the dog. The dog was yeah. pooing with the when the dog was walking past with the owner. The dog would always poo outside their house because it could smell other dogs. It'd always go there. And the guy would just walk past. Well, this, uh, the owner of the house just got completely fed up with it and decided, right, I'm going to get my own back. And he picked up the um, dog poo, followed the gentleman, oh. and um, waited and put it outside the house with our newspaper. It's very naughty. I wouldn't recommend it. No. He no. actually um, set fire to the newspaper, oh, oh. hung on the doorbell, ran. But he'd done it in time that he knew this old gentleman would actually it, have his slippers on. It was an he old man out. in his slippers. Yeah. Oh. So he came out and put the fire. Yeah, put it out and he um, stamped on it and he. Uh, yeah, it pulled over. Can I? Can I? Can, can I just say that we here at BBC Three Counties Radio, although it sounds like a fun prank, we don't condone that in no, the slightest. No, we don't condone it at all. But I, could, no. you, you know, I can see why he done it. You know, and, and people have been known to collect. If again, if it keeps happening, and just put it on that person's doorstep, you know, and say, right, I've just had enough, and just pile it up, and just think, right, every time, and just put it on that person's doorstep. So, right, if you're not going to take it home, I'll take it home for you, sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it is, it is a problem. Um, I just think it is society. I mean, you can get these fantastic poo bag holders. Can you? Just clip onto the, yeah, just clip onto the, um, your leads. Wonderful. So why are people, you know, and people can use dustbin, um, bin ba- um, you know, Tesco bags. Tesco bags, It doesn't anything. have to be no. expensive. The local no. council give them out free. Oh. Poo bags, yeah. give them out free. You can get them from the libraries and your local council offices. Wonderful. So 
There's no excuse, is there? Claire Louise Nixon, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Can I book you as our regular dog poo correspondent? You can. If we, <laughs> if we, if we ever do another dog poo story, which I suspect we will... Yeah, uh, you have done. This is my second time talking to you about dog poo. Well, the, you've got the job. There's no uh, money involved. I've got the job, so for the dog. <laughs> to be honest, I just don't want to upset you. I don't want to come out my door one day and find a, a, some no, newspaper on fire. No, you wouldn't do that. Trust me, no, not my husband. I definitely wouldn't do that. Claire, thank you very much, Claire Louise Nixon, dog trainer from Milton Keynes, and now the official Ian Lee Show dog poo correspondent 08459 wasn't she delightful wasn't what a lovely lady 08459 455 555 is the phone number Pat's in Houghton Regis morning Pat good morning Ian Pat does this get on your nerves oh it just it, it's it's been getting on my nerves for years it doesn't seem to be uh, getting any better and the local authorities don't really want to tackle the issue um, over on Parkside you've got the closed bus lane there yeah the, the amount of dog walkers you see walking like away from me when I when I'm sort of training in that, in that area, they they're walking away. They let the dogs off the lead. They have a couple of dogs or three dogs, and straight away they're in the distance. They're doing what they're doing, and the owners just walk by merrily. And, and a couple of houses down there as well, they let their dogs out without the owners, just to go out there, foul down there, and drag them back in later on. It's absolutely ridiculous. What do you reckon should be done, Pat? Do you know what? I seriously think if you can't clean up after your dog, you can't look after it, take the dog off you. I agree with you. I think they're just irresponsible owners. These owners don't deserve to have a dog. It's not the dog's fault, obviously, but it's the owner's fault, and they should have it taken away from it. But as you know, Ian, any laws that we have in this country are never going to fit the crime, so... End of story. Pat, thank you very much indeed, Pat and Houghton Regis. 08459 455 555. Uh, uh, yes, someone has just mentioned on Facebook, I've never heard the word poo mentioned so many times on the radio in my life. I think we've probably reached our poo quota for the day. Uh, and it is one of those things you kind of think, oh, uh-huh, yeah, it's a bit of fun. But, 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 when you go out to the park, when you go walking down the streets and you see it, it's, uh, look out, there's a poo. Mind that. It's horrible. I'm so lucky my boys haven't trodden it yet. We've not had it on their shoes yet. But that day will come when I'm running their shoes under a sink, uh, under a tap in the sink, scraping it off with a knife. With a knife! Oh, I know! And then I'd, put, I'd clean it and put it in the dishwasher. That's ter- That's awful. That is awful. But what are you going to do? What else are you going to get off with? A toothbrush? Hey, I was using my toothbrush to, um, yesterday. And my wife said, oh, is that your toothbrush? Yeah. Why? Oh. Just I let the kids play with it. You do what, sorry? I let the kids play with it. What do they do? Play games. Uh, and then yesterday afternoon, I saw the games my kids play with my toothbrush. Ah, disgusting. Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Two stories for the last 15 minutes of the show. I really want to get your uh, opinion on dog poo. Is it a massive problem where you are? Dog owners, if you let your dogs dump everywhere and you don't clear it up, you should have the dog taken off you. You're not responsible owners. And also go to, uh, well, go to any news agent or facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Have a look at the front page of The Sun. Child killing bee stabbed me 27 times. It's a story about this horrible man, Mick Philpot, who's been found guilty along with two others of the manslaughter of uh, his uh, six children. And there they are. They all look wonderful. It's um, so sad. So sad. I kind of don't want to focus on that story too much. I want to focus more, although they are linked slightly. The use of the B word on the front page of Britain's biggest selling newspaper. I find it offensive. Yes, Mick Philpott is the B word. He's a lot worse than that. But 
I don't want to see that on the front page of my newspaper. I don't want to walk into a newsagent's or get on a bus or a train with my kids and they go, Daddy, what's that word? My six-year-old niece and my eight-year-old nephew could read that. They'd be able to read that. They'd put those letters together and say it to me and what, say, what does that word mean? And yeah, they probably... <sighs> I I feel it's very inappropriate. Do you think it's a step too far? Or do you think it's acceptable? 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Brooke Burford. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 is struggling this morning with lots of traffic between Newport Pagnell services heading south towards Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Once past those queues, there are delays between 12 at Flittick to Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. The A1M northbound, that has one lane closed between Junction 9 at Letchworth to 10 at Stockfold because of a breakdown. And the worst of the queues this morning on the M25 anti-clockwise, they appear to be between Junction 17 at Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. The average speed is about 25 miles an hour according to my speed sense. With public transport, if you're travelling by East Coast trains in and out of King's Cross, there are delays of up to an hour. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much. Morning, it's 8.45, Wednesday, the 3rd of April. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Missed hospital appointments cost the NHS across the three counties over £20 million last year. A former Bedfordshire teacher has been charged with sex offences dating back to the 1980s. In sport, Watford are now closer to securing automatic promotion after beating Hull 1-0 last night. Coming up, the three people convicted of killing six children in a house fire in Derby will be sentenced later today. The story is on the front page of most of the newspapers, including The Sun, who use the B-word. How appropriate do you think it is to have swearing on the front page of your newspapers? Well, our inappropriate word correspondent, Justin Dealey, has been getting your reaction to this story. We'll catch up with him before 9am. But now let's get the latest weather with a woman who I can't imagine ever using indoor language, Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. It's been a bright enough start to the day, but unfortunately we've got more clouds spreading in from the east and that's going to be just about everywhere through the late morning and into the afternoon. So across most of Hertfordshire at the moment, um, of course, staying brightest for longest over Buckinghamshire as we head into the afternoon. But um, but elsewhere it is going to be a very cloudy picture indeed. We've got the northeast easterly wind picking up too into the afternoon and that's going to make it feel colder than the air temperatures would suggest. Between around 4 to perhaps 6 degrees Celsius in Ellsbury, Luton and in Hartford uh, later on this afternoon that's just 43 in Fahrenheit most places are going to stay dry what we might just see into this evening are a few light wintry flurries in places so no big changes into this evening and overnight then again watch out for a few light flurries perhaps Um, but otherwise it should stay mostly dry, quite cloudy temperatures not dropping quite as far as they did last night because the skies won't be clear so dropping to just below freezing or sticking it around freezing for many the towns i suspect and then tomorrow cloudy cold we've still got that very raw northeasterly breeze no big changes until friday when i think we will start to see a little bit more in the way of brightness and sunshine and then we're going to say goodbye to that wind i think on saturday and sunday and um, it will make it feel a lot more spring-like and where we get the brightness and the sunshine it will actually feel reasonably pleasant i dare say the temperatures being dragged back up to where they should be at this time of year by the time we get to monday so good news there that's the forecast thank you Elizabeth. Nick Coffer across beds, hearts, and bucks. 
On Friday, I'm taking my programme out of the studio and I'll be broadcasting live from Lily. Nick Coffer. I'll be trying out some rare meats from a local farm. Figuring out how to play bridge properly and I'm going to have a go at playing lacrosse on the green. Nick Coffer. There'll also be local musicians, local authors and lots of local stories. Nick Coffer. Live from Lily, Friday from 12. BBC Three Counties Radio. I guess the question is, would you mind if I said the B word on the radio? I'm sure some of you wouldn't. And it is just a word. And we do put too much weight and importance into words, don't we? And we shouldn't really be scared of any words. But, but, if you're in the car with your kids, taking them to school, or I think it's maybe half term for some of you, but if you've got children in your car or in your house listening to this, would you want me to say the B word? Would you want me to read this front page of the newspaper? I'm not going to. I could get away with it because I could justify it because it is the front page of a newspaper. Da, la, la, la. But I wouldn't want to because I know as a listener to the radio uh, at ten minutes to nine o'clock in the morning and uh, if I'm doing breakfast with my boys, I wouldn't want them to hear this word. It would probably wash over their head because they're three and one. It's only wash over the one-year-old's head. But I wouldn't want them to hear it. I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with them hearing it. 08459 455 555. Ten minutes of the show would really like to get your uh, opinion on this because this front page of The Sun has shocked me slightly. Child killing bee stabbed me 27 times. It's a quote from uh, an ex-partner of Mick Philpott uh, and, and that would be their justification I would imagine. But it, the, the letters are an inch high. You fold the paper over, because sometimes in shops you only see the front, the top half. You can still see it. It will be on the counter. It will be next to the comics. It will be next to the toys. It sits very uncomfortably with me. 08459 455 555. Does it make you uncomfortable? Or am I overreacting? And it's just a word. It doesn't really matter. Well, our bad language correspondent, Justin Dealey, has been out and about. Justin, where have you been? Ian, good morning to you, sir. I've been in uh, Aylesbury this morning. In the first hour, we spoke to Frank. Uh, he said this was a step too far. In saying that, he then went to the counter and bought the Sun newspaper. Uh, we also spoke to Kevin. He said that the language on the front page of the Sun this morning just wasn't strong enough. He thinks it was perfectly acceptable. Interestingly enough, Ian, I've been into to five news agents this morning, and I've said to people, have you had any any complaints or any comments about this headline whatsoever and they've said absolutely not so clearly their customers not offended a moment ago i spoke to dennis and this is what happened well dennis we're looking at the front page of the sun there uh, you can see the headline yep. again i can't read that out on air this morning yep. is that headline a step too far do you think no i don't i think it's common knowledge now everyone knows all about it um it's a swear word though isn't it it's a swear word but under these circumstances, I think it's <laughs> deservedly so. To be in saying that, though, young children walking into the newsagent, it's the first newspaper there, yeah. on buses, on trains this morning. Yeah. Children may be seeing that word for the first time. Yeah. Surely yeah, that's I, a bit much, isn't it? Well, yeah, on, on, on that circumstances, yes. But uh, then in the, in the end of the day, at a certain age, they're going to ask, what is that about? And then they're going to be explained about bad people like this uh, in a bad environment. And as I say, common knowledge is it's a, it's a used word that are used quite regularly nowadays. Mm. There's no excuse for it, but for that is understanding the situation, the main headline on a main paper uh, for someone who's done a, 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 a
disgusting thing what he's done for his own children like you know? I mean it clearly appalls you just one yeah. final question for you I spoke to a man earlier on he said to me well you know most kids these days in the playground they know these words anyway as somebody who's got two children yeah. would you go along with that uh, I, I understand that but uh, it's, a, it's the old sort of fashion thing is where and when you say things like that you know uh, kids nowadays say it sometimes when they're young they say it just for the sake of I'll just saying it and being big and all that sort of thing he said but when it's something like this and a topic like this uh, and this is one thing that I think personally it stands to ground like you know, no problem at all it's fully justified yeah I think so definitely definitely justified yeah so the words of Dennis there speaking to me a moment ago certainly uh, on my travels this morning Ian I've not found anybody who says this is utterly outrageous I will not be buying that newspaper mm. I personally was a bit shocked when you first started talking about it this morning I then picked up the newspaper but they are certainly still selling and nobody's saying to me this is totally outrageous yeah. and totally wrong there's a few comments on Facebook Justin there, there, there are some people who are, are, are against this um, let me just see if I can find some here uh, uh, Joe says, I, uh, splashing across the front page for younger people to read doesn't set good examples by us older, supposed wider, wiser generations. Um, Peter, uh, Peter goes on about um, using even stronger language. Mm. Adam raises an interesting point. If the word is plastered on every high street in Britain today, why does the BBC, he's talking about us, feel the yeah. need to censor it here? The high street has kids walking along it. Facebook is legally at least confined to adults. Can we not think what we want to think anymore? And that's because we've blanked the word out yeah. on the Facebook page. The reason we've done that, that was our decision. I was involved with that decision because I know that we have got young people listening to this show and young people go and look at Facebook and I just feel as a dad I don't feel it's particularly appropriate to have that well absolutely again I, I could quite clearly say the word now we would probably get complaints but we could certainly get away with oh, we it we could justify it totally we, we, we could definitely justify it I mean uh, yes it's a quote I can see this both ways some people I'm sure will be offended those will be the people who, who clearly don't buy the Sun newspaper but, but other people saying well you know on buses on trains you see the kids first thing in the morning they could be picking up this word for the first time others of course they would argue that, that most kids know this word anyway, and they do use this word, but just not in front of their parents. Uh, Justin, thank you very much indeed. Anne from St Albans is on the line. Morning, Anne. Good morning. What do you think about having this word on the front page of, as it is described here, Britain's most popular paper? Well, it's our language. It's a perfectly valid, legitimate word. Um, the description of it is the child of a pair of unmarried parents. But that's not the context we this word is being it. used in, Anne. That's not, it, it's not calling him illegitimate. Would you allow me to continue, No, but please? just, I, I, you Would can... You allow me to continue, I will please? do, I will do, Anne, but I need to just pick you up on one point. It's not being used in the context of illegitimacy. It's being used in the term of the Would swear you word. Allow me to continue, please? Will you acknowledge the point I've just made? You haven't let me make a point yet. You have, Anne, you have made a point, and the I need to pick you up because the point you've made is wrong. The point that I'm trying to make is if it is a valid word, no matter the context, context in which it's used, and your child sees it, then you say to your child, this word means so-and-so, and adult people use this word to express something which they have no other words for, and that's why that is used. And can I can I interrupt? Language. Can I interrupt? Because the, 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 point, the, the first point you've made is invalid, because it's not being used to describe 
someone who's illegitimate. It's not being used in that context, and you know it's not being used in that I context. I claim that it was being used. Then why did you mention it? Why did you mention that, that then? Why did you mention that then? In case you haven't realised, I said that that is the dictionary definition of... It's irrelevant. Earth. Words evolve. Oh, and I'll have, my, and I'll have my say now, because you, 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 you cut me off. Uh, it, the words have evolved. That word, for the most part, is, isn't used for illegitimacy. Twelve, in the 12th century, it meant, it meant a sword. It doesn't mean that anymore, and it doesn't mean... It's not used to mean illegitimate anymore. You know exactly why it's used. I'm telling you why it's used. I'm also saying to you, why do we not allow our children to know our language, understand why it's evolved, what it means, and how it is actually quite appropriate word to use for this man. In fact, as one of your other callers said, it's possibly not even a strong enough word. Because we should be setting better examples to our children. I don't want my six-year-old niece to know that word at the age of six. Well, I think you mollycoddle her then. You should explain to her what it is and explain to her that you don't usually use it in public. Anne, well, it's on the front page of Britain's biggest newspaper. You think I should sit down with my six-year-old niece... If she questions it, yes. Can I finish the the sentence? You think I should sit down with my six-year-old niece and have a conversation with her about the B-word? You you genuinely think that's appropriate? Well, children at school at six years old are taught about sexual acts. Do you think that's appropriate? Do you um, see what I'm trying to get at? No, I don't, no. Well, there are, chil- there are things in life which children need to learn, and our language is one of them. Inappropriate and appropriate language, but yes, it's a valid word at, very, at, language. at various stages throughout their life, of course, yes. Not at six years old, no. No, six, six-year-olds shouldn't, shouldn't be uh, having a conversation about what that word means. We should be protecting them for as long as we can. From your own language. From, from offensive language, yes. Do you think it would be appropriate, for example, to sit down with a six-year-old and have a conversation about the C-word? Um, well, no, because that is also it's a, a word. description of a part of someone's body. Well, exactly, but it's not very... You, 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 so you do think it's appropriate for me to sit down with a six-year-old and have a discussion about the C-word? They will learn those languages wow. Wow. when they get out of school. Believe wow. me, they will. Pat, not at six, they won't. Pat, uh, uh, and Pat You'd says, "No, I, I, I think you'd be surprised." Pat says, uh, "I'm with you, Ian. I don't want to see words like that on the front of newspapers at our local <laughs> play park." Sorry, Anne, did she hang up on me? I think she did, didn't she? I was putting a text. It's not appropriate. To, I tell you, I tell you now, it's not appropriate to sit down. Don't bother calling back. We haven't got time. I think she may have been uh, offended. Uh, it's not appropriate to sit down with a six-year-old and have a conversation about the c-word. So, of course it's not. The B word, not at six, I would say. And saying it means illegitimate, it doesn't mean that anymore, in the same way that gay doesn't mean joyous anymore. Words evolve, language evolves. The B word doesn't mean a sword anymore. It's not, no one uses it in that context. We know exactly what it means, and I don't want my kids reading that in a newsagent. Right, let's get the travel news now. Brooke Burford. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 Great North Road is queuing at the Black Cat roundabout towards Sandy. The A1M northbound, that has one lane closed between Junction 9 at Letchworth to 10 at Stotford because of a breakdown. The M1 still has rush hour delays between Junction 13 and Milton Keynes south to 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. And the A10 Great Cambridge Road, that's very, very slow this morning between Bullsmore Lane to Southbury Road. The worst of congestion on the M25 anti-clockwise appears to be between Junction 17 at Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. It's moving about 20 
25 miles an hour there. And with the trains, if you're travelling by East Coast trains in and out of King's Cross, there are delays of up to an hour. Brooke Burfitt, BBC Three Counties Radio. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. Well, we got there. Uh, for, for the end, I think we managed to stagger through. I enjoyed that this morning. Well, thank you very much, everyone who took part. Even Anne at the end. It's nice to have a little argument before nine o'clock. That's it. Back tomorrow at six. Stick around because JVS is up next. Until tomorrow, ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I've actually been down to my... Our, our, our home.